Josh Williams here, and welcome to another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast, brought to you by Absolute Comedy. Today, my guest is uh, the person who is responsible for putting me here on this planet. Uh, so you're welcome, everyone, to her for the magical gift she's bestowed on everyone. Uh, it's my mom, Paula Williams. Mom, thank you for being here with me today. Okie dokie. That's it? So far. <laughs> Okay. My mom's not, you know, an entertainer. She thinks she is, but she's not used to, you know, being in an entertainment form. But if let's put it this way, she's even got her fucking headphones sitting properly on her head right now. That's because my head is weird. Yeah. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Mother's Day was yesterday. So in honor of Mother's Day and of course, approaching the one year mark of the one man podcast, I... uh, I thought maybe have my mom on and tell some stories and give you all an opportunity to maybe ask her some questions that you might find interesting. I got a few emails, not many, but that's okay. That's how we roll. Now we're recording this on Monday, um, though you guys will be getting this episode on Friday. So, uh, uh, you know, I say we're approaching the one year mark by, by now you have, you know, all heard episode 53, which of course is the one year, which I will be recording tomorrow on Tuesday. Oh, it's all over weird timelines. That's how, uh, Recording and post-production work. Sometimes something's recorded and then like there's gonna be a bunch of people who do Trump jokes and things like that long after he is out of office and stuff. And I didn't mean to bring up Trump because that's one thing that gets you started all the time, mom, but I don't like mm, Trump. That's okay. And you can go on record as saying that just always about Trump. It's like Kamar. Kamar's always always about Trump. You're always about Trump. If 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 Trump wasn't around, neither one of you would have anything to talk about. But moving on from that, <laughs> um, thank you for agreeing to do this. I know anytime there's an opportunity for you to talk and people will listen, that you'll take it. <laughs> you can laugh. Yeah, you can laugh. It's My mom's being very unnatural right now because it's probably because you're being recorded and it's different for you. Um, I'm but trying to remember all the rules. There's not there's not a lot of rules. I just told my mom, like, you know, if you're telling a story, try to, you know, have it have a point or something like that. <laughs> try to have it go somewhere. Freaking kid. Yeah, and you can swear on this too. So yeah. I was telling everyone that you're you're good natured and you've got a good sense of humor and a potty mouth. Yeah, you do have a potty mouth. So when you're like <laughs> freaking kid, like it's very unlikely. So um, I I wanted to uh, I wanted to get because this is your episode. This well, episode is about you. This I didn't want to start out by going you asshole right from the yeah, beginning. <laughs> you can say that. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I always have guests on, and I always kind of ask them a bit about them. So this episode will be more about you than it will be about me. Just a heads up. So instead of you know, it's not going to be sitting here singing my praises because you know. Well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far I'm sure this episode is riveting for everybody. Um, so why don't we start off? Uh, why don't we start off at the beginning, Mom, and ask about you? Where did you come from? Where are you from? You mean my mother? No. <laughs> I'm no. from Paris Sound, the gateway to the north. Yeah, is that what they call it? Well, it should be, because Paris Sound has Northern Ontario license plates, which are cheaper, but okay. Southern Ontario weather. Okay. The actual gateway to the north is North Bay. It actually has a uh, gate that says that, gateway to the north. Yeah. But Paris Sound is very much north rather than South Ontario. Okay, and you were born in Perry Sound. I was born in Perry Sound. When was the when? And when did you fr- like? Okay, so we'll go back to that. But when did you first leave Perry Sound? Because obviously we live in Ottawa now. After high school, unless your dad owned a store, 
or you were able to be a professional and get a government subsidy to be a professional or right. a government worker in Perry Sound, you had to go somewhere to get a job. Okay. Small town Ontario, you can't stay there after high school. You have to go get another job somewhere else in the big city. Okay. So that's, I asked you when you left and you would, you're explaining why someone might leave. Okay. I'm thinking of the year because I hung around for a couple of years after high school. So probably 1970. Holy 1980, fuck. 1980, maybe. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, I don't care that much that you have to be super specific. Well, I don't know. I just mean, so you, okay, well then let's go back to the beginning and see if maybe we can get some sort of fucking flow going here. Because this is, Jesus Christ, I don't, I'm going to lose subscribers from this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I'm saying is you, you were, you were born in Perry Sound. At one point you left. We'll get to that because it's, it's grueling. I'll give you 25 minutes to figure out what fucking year you moved. Cause I would, that for me, that'd be the happiest year of my life. I've been to Perry Sound when we were young and it's boring. There's nothing happening there. So you think that like down. you would celebrate. Like I remember momentous things in my life. I remember the year I started comedy. That's about it. But, <laughs> but at least I remember it. Um, I was just going to say like you, you're from Perry Sound, this small town. Right? Do you know? Down, do you know what the population was when you were young? And 6, if you don't 000. have to get the exact number. Is six thousand still six thousand? Okay, so that's and that's not a lot. No, but they're full of Toronto people now. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm giving my mom a note on the phone saying watch the lips back. She's nonstop licking her teeth right now, and all I can hear is that the magic of microphones, like they amplify sound. This is our dynamic. Like I'm not going to edit this out. This is just kind of the regular things that we go through. I, I it's gonna it's gonna get easier. You guys are basically gonna listen to me. Correct my mom. Stop it. You're doing nothing but just fucking with you. Never even do this stuff anyways. You're never quiet. <laughs> You're never like, let me just clean myself up. <laughs> Sorry, I sound like an asshole, but I am. Yeah, well, am you are. Okay, so let's focus. Let's focus here. The simple questions. Um, Barry Sound, you were born there. You were born your parents. Your mom, your mom was a what? Your dad was a what? Let's get these my people. My mom was a mother. My dad That's was, it? She was a stay-at-home mom? She was a stay-at-home mom. Oh, she was terrible. She worked in the war. She worked She during, worked in war? She worked She dur- definitely caused a lot of conflict, that's for sure. She worked during the war, and when she got married, it was a custom back then, especially for lower-class people, to not work anymore. That's not true. <laughs> you're, you're accustomed for people. So basically, back then, after the war, it was a custom to not work? Well, the women got taken out of the workplace and the men went back in after the war. Well, they didn't all. It was her choice, I guess. Did your mom prefer to be a homebody? Yeah, she liked being at home, but it was women didn't make as much money as men. So, so if she you're just not figured, making enough money to leave the home, you might as well stay there and do things. Yeah. Lots of people worked, but they were younger than my mom. There was a generation younger than my mother that worked. Yeah. How old were you, was your mom when she had you? She's 39. She was older. Okay. You were 30 when you had me, right? Yeah. Uh, getting there. Yep. Yeah. Right There's, around that. Oh. I wanted to wait and make sure I had a stable marriage before I brought yeah, children like a, into we'll, the world. We'll get to that at some point. <laughs> Still working on it, you and dad, eh? Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of, this is gonna be a really dysfunctional episode, guys, but I mean, how many of you would be willing to sit down and publicly have a conversation with your parents and pretend to be interested in their shit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do care, mom, because we've never had this. This this gives me an opportunity to sort of talk to you about, you know, 
you all at once. And and you could, like I said, be comfortable. I'm just fucking around with you. I'm trying to make you laugh to get you open up. But you yeah. you were born in Prairie Sound. Your mom stayed at home because women weren't allowed to work. And if they did, they didn't make money. So your mom figured, well, rather than making less money, I'll just make no money and stay home. And then your your dad worked for what? The railroad? I the think? railroad for $2 an hour in the 70s, which wasn't in much. In the 70s? Wasn't much money no, even then. No, it doesn't sound like it. If you were like in the 30s, I'd be like, Meh. I don't know. Was that no. minimum wage then? Even for the 70s, that was no money. He was, yeah, he like was a laborer who didn't have an education and that's what he got. So, I mean, well, I mean, your, your, my, our grand, your parents are dead. My grandparents are dead there. Uh, you know, rather than go into all about them, it's not really about them, but you, you basically, you know, were born to, you know, lower, lower middle class, lower class family. We were poor, except my mom came from the <laughs> upper middle class. So she brought all her, her status things with her, but the amount of, economy we had to live with was lower class so i mean i don't know if that's of interest to anyone but like your your mother was you said upper middle class and she went to lower class and just and didn't want work or anything no because when you got married whatever the class your man the man was was the class you were a man didn't elevate himself by marrying a woman unless they were aristocracy but uh, a woman, no matter where she came from, became what the man was, including if she came from another <laughs> Someone country. Someone who makes poor choices, I guess? No, if a woman came from another country and she married, she married the country that the man was from, and that's what she became. Okay. What did she like about... Like, I here's the thing. Both of, both of my grandparents died before I really had a chance to get to know them. In fact, the only time... Uh, they, were, they were Nana and Papa. Nana was was she died you know when we were very very young very young like you know eight nine considering that we would drive to perry sound to see them like once a year was it once a year i can't remember was it once a year or was it like once every two years mostly for the summer that often mostly for the summer was when we were there well i just remember like not really spending like papa never spoke he just sit in his chair or just be outside like the guy never said two words that ever seemed like um, he'd be like, like, a, like when you said he has like, like no education, like that would explain a lot to me. If you were like, oh, the guy just never learned his ABCs. Like that would explain no. why he never said two words. I know he obviously had more than that, but just, he's just a quiet guy. Never spoke. And Nana, when I did know her, I don't remember her ever being around. I remember like you and her would talk in the kitchen, pop would be around and Aaron and I are like, I guess we're going to go wander around this shithole Berg Perry sound and figure out what's what. It was, they were boring trips. And I, don't get me wrong, like, that's your parents. Like, and I, you know, you enjoyed spending time with them, I think. Well, you had to come with me because I went there. That's the way it goes. No, when you're and yeah. A kid. I, no, I get it. I guess, I guess I'm just saying, like, they weren't very social people. Like, they weren't the grandparents, like, oh, where's my grandkids? Like, they were never like that. Yeah. Well, you know, you were difficult sometimes to be like that nah, with. <laughs> nah. I don't buy that. I'm difficult all the time, but there's, there's still people who are happy to see me when. You know, there's so many people who are like, oh, family. Like I said, I've never seen a, a fucking Christmas special or something where like the grandparents were like, hey, you know, just do me a favor. I don't want to see the kids once this entire week that, that we're here. Like your parents were very standoffish. This is a weird way to start a Ever podcast. watched Carlin? He hates kids. George Carlin? Yeah. He doesn't hate kids. Yeah, he hates kids. A lot of his stuff is he hates kids. And he's got a daughter or he had a daughter. Yeah. Which is weird Brenda. because all the stuff he said against kids, I was like, wow, we had a kid. He's <laughs> not, I don't think he's, I think you might be confusing him with someone else. He had funny things about kids, but I don't think he was saying he hates kids. I think you might be thinking of someone else. No, I just saw it the other day. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'll, I mean, if he had a joke about it, I don't know. 
yeah. either way. My point being is that I just, I don't have many memories of your folks. So I know that you lived here. Like Ottawa is all I know. You were speaking about North Bay before I was born in North Bay. And so then, and that's, yeah. And that's, and, and, and that's all I know of North Bay is that I was born there. And then we moved here because we've been in Ottawa. I think I was like a year or two old. Ottawa's all I know. Ever since I was remembering things, Ottawa's all I know. So I don't really know much about Perry Sound, except there's not a lot going on there. Like I'd been there a few times. North Bay, I'd been to twice maybe, you know what I mean, that I can remember. And and again, it's like for a day, go to a hotel, meet up with some family members, you know, at a Tim Hortons or something, and then and then drive back. Like it wasn't much. Anyways, I, I guess what I'm trying to do is give people an idea of where you come from. So you come from... <laughs> we Lower. had to make our own fun in the small town. Well, that's probably why the government's so, so much fun for you oh, because it's fucking, <laughs> it's more than Perry Sound. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> the government, the Perry Sound of workplaces. Um. <laughs> North Bay used to be mines and lumber and then that fell out of the, out of consideration. So now it's just like Perry Sound. It's a retirement place. Yeah, there's a lot of towns that are like that, that have an industry that goes down just to become nothing. I just, I guess uh, I'm, I'm bringing it up to just try to figure out, you you went to school there. You were a good student, right? You were like an A student yep. or whatever. What uh, what did you like take me, I don't want to say take me through your school years, but, you know, again, like open up a little bit. What uh, you were studying, what did you want to be? Like, I, like, let's skip over the elementary. You were a good student. Your parents were also very, you know, uh, I don't want to say your mom was quite the disciplinarian too. Yep. Another thing that used to be mm. something that isn't done anymore. Well, <laughs> she was strong about it, but almost anybody could take somebody else's kid and slap them. There never used to be a big deal about that. You just grab someone's kid and slap them around. Yeah. And that was the Perry Sound yeah. custom. Teachers, kids, neighbors. If a neighbor came up and slapped you, your parents would say, what'd you do? What'd you do? Well, that's a weird fucking And another thing, alive. if a dog bit you, they'd say, what'd you do to the dog? Like, it's not like now. Are, are you sure? <laughs> yes. I don't think that's the case. I would have, this might, here's the thing. I might not get the emails before this episode, but afterwards I hope to get a lot of emails going, what the fuck is wrong with your mom? <laughs> that thing where she said, where like her family was like, well, when you, I, it, here's the thing is you've told me stories over the years and you've said things how like you'd be, you know, at a party or something younger, of course, but like you'd be at a party, like a house party that parents were getting together and your mom would like call you over to like teach another mother how to spank their kids or something. I was a child. It wasn't That's parties. It was a child. Well, whatever. We would, an adult get we would together. be having a picnic or whatever. And somebody's kid was acting the asshole and my mother didn't like it and she couldn't hit them. The way we had in the But you the past. just finished saying that you could grab someone else's kid and well, spank them. What's the so fucking truth here, mom? More so than bullshit. now. But in the case where people didn't want you. What do you mean more so than now? You can't just grab someone's fucking kid now. I know, but then you pretty much could. And if but then you why did your mother grab someone else's kid and spank them? Because if you them? didn't know them, they wouldn't know who you were and it would be less acceptable. So you're asking me why she... in a video podcast because the look on my face is one of complete astonishment. <sighs> She's, you're asking me why she used to spank me to show other people how to do it. Yeah. Because she she felt she couldn't spank theirs. She could show them how to do it and then they she could do it. She's a very insecure person. She should have just <sighs> kept her fucking mouth shut and let 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 people be there. I don't know. I, I take issue with that. I, I think every time, you know, when I was younger, I thought that sounded really unfair. And as I get older, it sounds like it's, well, it's still unfair, 
But at the same time, like if you ask any psychologist, that sounds like you're, you know how people are always telling other people how to raise their kids, like, or, or they get upset if, if you don't fucking, you know, do something a certain way or whatever. Especially if they don't have kids. Yeah, but your mom had a kid. Yeah. But I'm just saying people who don't have kids know all about kids and what they should do with kids. Yeah. I, so, I tell people all the time, I have no idea. I make attempts, whatever. But the idea that she's like, your kid's acting bad. Let me, let me spank the, the thing that I created because I I want you to see how it's done. Like the, the, the need for your mom to tell someone else how to do their job to the point where she'd spank you in order to do it, that that curdles my blood. But that's, I guess that's uh, well, in, in their generation, whatever. In their generation, I don't, I don't you, know if it's a generational thing. I don't, I don't know that every single generation had had a quirk that every person did. I think that was that the explanation your mom gave you that it was because of her generation, and not because she was just a, a person. No, who I'm just uh, telling you that historically, you women and children were possessions <laughs> of the father, and they could do what they wanted with it. Oh, it's historical. Look it up. This is a terrible time. Google I, it. I will. You know what? Google you, it, Josh. Okay, so I'm going to Google that. You know, what What should I Google? Uh, historically, was everyone in 1950 spanking their kids to show everybody else how to raise their kids? More so than I, now. Well, everything's more so than now. You know, you could. It's the religious right that keeps spanking going well, because it's spank. biblical. I don't spank. The rule of thumb and all Now that. adults spank each other and the kids let, left alone. <laughs> and 10% of them like it. But no, I think I think more than that. I, that was the, that was the joke, mom. But that's okay. That's our dynamic. I tell a joke, and then you tell a smaller joke, and then I explain to you that the whole thing was a joke. And then you tell me it's not funny. That's well, no, my jokes are funny. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. Um, well, we're seventeen minutes but in, and we've here's said the thing: you want to uh, talk about spanking? Sure. You one time when you were about three and a half, maybe uh-huh. four years old, your dad happened to be visiting us because we'd already separated. We were in the small house on Holland, and you told me, I can't remember what you did, but Mm -hmm. you told me, because you thought you were the boss, you told me if I did that again, you'd spank me. You got to give more context. So I was thinking about this yesterday. I was hoping that you would tell this story. So I, the the way I remember the story, because you've given no context. You're saying, I told you, they don't know that it was bedtime, Aaron and I were being loud, and you weren't, you weren't, you were by yourself and you were trying to study for school and everything like that. That's the context. So you came back in and said, I, you know, stop doing, stop that. doing that. And I said, and Josh says, you told me that you'd spank me if I did that again. So I hauled off and I smacked him a couple of times. And he says, that's not, that didn't hurt. So his father was in the hallway, he comes down the hall and it's got hands the size of josh's ass it's huge he gives him three good ones ooh 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 i could feel them and josh just starts crying and then he goes how's that josh is that better <laughs> and josh goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny story i was basically getting my chops in the back talk Handling hecklers early on. <laughs> Sometimes they get the best of you. Sometimes the yeah. bossy guy doesn't get what he wants. <laughs> but it wasn't bossy. It was just funny. Like I, 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 I was. That's how you. That's you how are the, bossy. That's you how were bossy at three. It's instincts, right? That's how animals. They gotta, they gotta challenge the leader every now and again. You gotta get nipped, and when you nip and it doesn't hurt, you gotta let them know. I can take that shit, and then, <laughs> then I got smacked. And it was just a funny story. You said the dog was hiding under the chair in the kitchen or whatever. 
some during that the same time or whatever. Uh, well, we had a dog that used to hide under the table like I did when your dad threw things. Oh, that's, that's there where we, we go. All Let's open him. up some other scars. Anyways. That's well, we, uh, where we hid. Yeah. Things like, were getting thrown around. Geez, it's hard for me to pick which direction to go with this podcast. We go to your, the abusive relationship with your parents or the abusive relationship <laughs> with my dad. Which abusive direction do we go in, Mom? And then the abusing son who won't let me be funny. Uh, you can be. <laughs> I'll let you be funny. You just don't take the opportunities. <laughs> That's like saying, hey, let's let's do something entertaining, and then you want to sit and read the fucking Bible. Some people are like, you're just a jerk. This is entertaining. And then other people go, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's, you know, we got we to gotta humor grandma while she reads another verse from the good book. Like, that's all I'm saying, mom. I'm saying you're born like the Bible. <laughs> I wish there's a lot of our dynamic is giving each other faces. I wish people could see that to know that there's, there is still love here. <laughs> mostly, mostly from you. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, let's go back and see if we can salvage something interesting. Um, your life as a child horrible, right? I think we both agree with. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Listen, you're you went to school. You were a good student, right? So, like I said, you were young. You're you also told me that that Papa, my grandfather, used to play mean tricks on you, right? Because he wanted a boy like or to whatever. Tease people all the time. Yeah, because like I said, I never heard him talk, so I never heard any of this teasing stuff. But like, you would tell stories about how he would like. You know, you'd go for a walk or whatever, and he'd tell you to go out and walk into a lake or something or something. Oh, we were collecting driftwood for my mom because she used to do a lot of crafts. Mm -hmm. She wanted driftwood so she could clean it all up and then paint it and put flowers on it. And it looks really nice when you do that. So we were looking for driftwood, and I was stepping on the wood, and it it was beside it because it was beside a river. Uh When you stepped on it, it would go down into the river. Yeah. So I was doing okay on my own, and then my dad would say, step on that one, step on that one, step on that one. Every one I stepped on that he told me to, I'd go up to my knees in water. Right. And he says to me, you're stiff as an old lady in 90. And I said, I'll never get to be 90 if I listen to you. And that was that story. So every time you'd step on one he told you to, you'd sink, and then you still kept stepping on the ones he told you to? Well, because he was telling me to do it. So I'd stop doing it. That sounds horrible. Like oh, nowadays, you'd be a fucking Facebook story rescued from the dirty old hag that hit you and the, the grizzled old tree stump man who would try to drown you every day. No, I had to because he told me. <laughs> like, that's the fun. And you're like, back then, that's how everything was. I'm like, man, I don't think it was. I don't, I'm not watching these movies where it's like a period piece on the 50s and all these kids are being spanked and drowned and everything. Like, oh, that's just the way kids were. You got to understand it was the time. Well, I'm <laughs> sure there are movies about that, but maybe you yeah, where the parent, where those people are the evil, evil people, like Cinderella, and you're like, oh, that's just the way it was. No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I don't think everyone who went to that ball was uh, fairy godmothered their way out of it. Well, fuck. Where do you think they got all of these stories? Hans Christian Andersen and Grimm's they fairy tales. They made up monsters for people them. People were like that with their kids no. back then. No, they existed. People. Poor, poor existed, but the whole point, they call them the wicked stepsisters. They don't call them the average embodied, uh, temperamented sisters because that's how everyone was. They go, yeah, this is what the, what they are. And you go, oh yeah. Cause they're acting like evil, wicked stepsisters. And you're like, ah, I think everything was like, like if Cinderella, that's what that, you know what? Honestly, that's kind of how I think of you. Instead of as two stepsisters and a cunty old mother, I think you had a cunty old mother. And then instead of two stepsisters, a fucking grizzled old father. And, and that would be so funny if Cinderella's story, instead of her looking out the window going, there's got to be something more than this, she's sitting around going, I'm pretty sure everyone's got to like this. <laughs> that's that's your story right now. <laughs> You're Cinderella oblivious. Oblivious Arella. That's 
<laughs> That's going to cost a lot to get that engraved on anything, though. Obliviousarella. <laughs> Oblivarella. I don't know. I'm playing with it. Um, anyways, the point is, they're both dead, and that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> you okay, Mom? Yeah, I guess. I'm not trying to make... T- we never talk about you. I guess this is why. <laughs> well, we, we can't stop long enough to talk about me is what no, it is. fun. No, you talk about all sorts of stuff. You just talk about the government all the time. Nobody cares about that. It's where I live, over at the government. I know, and everyone's got it they, this good. You know, at my age and in my city, everybody works there, and you're closer to accuracy with that. But we'll get back to the the, the present at some point. I want to I want to talk about you now. Like I said, you 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 did. Is it okay? All kidding aside, is it is it safe to say that you had a pretty tough upbringing? Not really. I mean, discipline. Oh, for fuck's sake. Discipline. That's but, tough. But you you told me stories, and we'll tell it on this about. Uh, why don't you tell everybody about the time uh, your your dad took you to the uh, Ferris not the, well Ferris wheel, but the amusement park or whatever. Tell them that story. Uh, we went to Osega Beach because they have a great big huge long beach there in a shallow lake, and people go swimming there. But my mom and I didn't go swimming very much, so we just wanted to see the amusement park that was there. Mm-hmm. So we drove hours to get there got out of the car went my dad went up in the ferris wheel with me which i thought was a bit different because he's not the type to do that and when when you load a ferris wheel you, yeah, stop you have to load one car at a time and and, yeah yeah when we got up to the top he said you see that you see all of what's there and i said yep he says okay now we've seen it when we got out we went back to the car and went home yeah yeah like, that tell was me, disappointing like, tell me you you could write an evil scene in a movie better than that that's disappointing absolutely but that's some, heartbreaking some people are but old mom farts you're telling me care. that like everybody had the same thing like that no. but that amusement park wasn't empty because I'm, everyone got in the ferris wheel I'm saw not it saying and fucked everybody off. had the same thing i'm th- saying that discipline was i'm saying like you that. had a tough upbringing you had constant at least from the stories you told me because i haven't heard it's not like i knew everything that happened to you when you're young but the stories that you've told over and over uh that i've heard are ones like this where it's like you had something happen. It was disappointing. Your mom would spank you in front of other people to show them how to do it. Your dad would play tricks on you and make you fall into a lake and, you know, spill over. I'm listening to that. And there's no part of me that's going, yeah, that sounds average. That sounds like two people who didn't know how to be parents and where your mom was too busy trying to show other people how to do their job instead of doing a good job herself. And your dad was just a piece of shit. I'm over some of that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I may know a thing or two about a dad that is capable of being a piece of shit. But I'm just saying that at the end of the day, it sounded like you had a kind of a tough upbringing. Unless you have stories of like, you know. I said the discipline was tough. It was tough because I was brought up more of a Victorian era than the era that I was actually living in. I know. Because that is how they but, were. But you weren't being disciplined on that Ferris wheel. You were just being disappointed. Well, we're all over the map with these stories. So no, I wasn't being disciplined on the Ferris wheel. That he just right. And you weren't being disciplined when you were out in the pond you know, being told to step on things and fall into the water. I'm not talking about discipline. I'm talking about an upbringing. Like you're spending time with your parents and they're all you've got, right? I was an only child. So it wasn't like there were other kids to play with. I went everywhere they went. They went to see 80 year old people. I went to see 80 year old people and children were supposed to be seen and not heard. So you had to sit there in a chair and listen to all this advert adult conversation and you had to be good. If I went someplace and they had a blackboard in another room and I could entertain myself on that, bonus. But you wouldn't have been able to have two kids do that. That was an only child thing because you could not do that with Fair two enough. kids. Well, when you were young, what did you do for fun? 
I had neighbors. I have I've had friends. I have neighbors. Marjorie it's not Brown fun. was my friend since she was two years old. Heather Heitman Heinz is my friend for fifty seven years. Okay. Since grade grade one, because we didn't have kindergarten in those days. Yeah, but would you guys go like I'm not asking you to name names, I'm asking like what did you do for fun? We you went had to neighbors. the park. Yeah. We went to the park and we played on the sick machine and we played on the swings we ran around we were outside a lot more than people are now okay we did you feel like did you have a lot of um um i guess freedom in terms of like curfew and boundaries and things like that did you have a lot of that or was that strict i did not but that was not typical most kids did okay I'm just I, asking. Did, I had an atypical had to be home by 4 30 or the cops went after me but 4 30 4 30 4 o'clock was when school finished but if i wasn't home or you by get a spanking and then your mom would show the cops how to spank their kids yeah, on maybe. top of it I don't know. be I a don't double head double header <laughs> no well you didn't push my mom when she threatened you, you i'd push her you did her yeah well you push everybody she's she used to spank me i remember there was a time where we went to visit and aaron and i were like i swear to god we weren't that loud we were just like and we're on vacation for fuck's sakes and we're in the front room of the house and we're giggling and talking and all i can hear is this like whoo, whoo, and then she turns on the lights and she's standing over a swinging no swinging a belt over her head like fucking indiana jones and then (laughs) cracking it down i swear to god i i think that i literally heard something in her either her hand or something in her hand slap my ass more than words come out of her mouth in my direction like that woman lived to to put suffering on other people do you know what i mean well she met her match in you that's for sure thank god she never. I can't wait to see her on the other side and show all the fucking tricks I've learned while she she's been gone. She never had anywhere near as much <laughs> trouble with all the other kids she babysat as you. Yeah, well, she only saw me like six times, so. Yeah, well, you're the kind Tell of kid. Tell her she fucking got off easy. Put you in a corner to 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 discipline yeah. you, and you'd make little drawings on the walls. <laughs> you used to make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, that's what are you going to do with the, the kid like that? that? Is me. What do you, you do with the kid you, like you that? You embrace like you did. You embrace it eventually. But that's the thing, right? You're sitting here going, I'm sure everyone's got it like this. And I'm going, fuck that. I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I don't know. That's all the thing. It's like, it's for me, it's like classic things. Like what happens to tell the kid not to go in the cookie jar? Whereas you, you're like, oh, I guess I better not go in the cookie jar. Yeah, well, <laughs> Everybody else is like, I want to go in the jar. You got smacked every time you went in the cookie jar. You'd eventually you learn. Fuck cookies. I, well, with your mom, you're going to get smacked regardless. So may as well take the fucking cookie. She's going to go, did someone else take your mom? Which, uh, this is how I envision her. Because again, I, all I remember her is, is getting spanked. Like no fun, no fun stuff. Just just always don't, don't, don't spank, spank, spank. And I'm like, oh, she's gone. Tragic. Um, and I'm sorry to be so blunt. I'm also talking from a kid's perspective. I don't have a whole lot of memories. I was very young. But I don't remember any good times with her, which is sad for me. And from the stories that you've told me, I don't really i don't think i've heard a whole lot of fun stories i've heard you say things like your mom was your best friend but then you tell me stories and i go you had abusive friendships <laughs> well i was sick a lot i didn't get to go out very much my mom was my best friend she was but the you, person who was there the most my dad was gone monday to friday she didn't have a husband so we had each other and that was it well it's tough because like you just a moment ago said that like you had heather and marjorie and you guys were best friends and you play oh, yeah. all the time this and, and i don't and i don't mean to do this like it's I, I there may be people listening going like fuck is he ever trying to like interrogate his mom i'm not is you and i have Always you like and i this. have had a straight no it's not because Always. we never we never maybe conversations but we never have 
uh, conversations where I get to learn more about you, where, where, you know, I ask you things and we have like a, I guess a vulnerable conversation because we've had a very hostile relationship. You got thrown into, you know, motherhood by yourself. It was supposed to be something that you were supposed to do with, with the partner. And again, we can get to that part, but you had to do it on your own. And you and I have had a very challenging relationship for years and years and years. And part of the things I do on my podcast is I, I come out and I start talking to my listeners and I open up a wound, whether it's comfortable or not, I try to be as honest as possible. And just as I, I've never sat down with you and go, Hey mom, we're going to talk for God knows how long about you and, and get to know you and, and the person that you are today based on, you know, we all from where we came from and things like that. And, and just in having this conversation, you know, it's like there, you were saying how, Oh, I don't remember the first thing about Perry Sun, but you're like, it was like this, but it wasn't. And then you're like, I had lots of friends. We played all the time, but I didn't have a lot of friends. I had to spend a lot of time with my mother. So I'm trying to get at the root of just, just, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to learn if you will, not figure out. Cause it's not like it's a puzzle. There's no prize. It's more of just, you know, in the last few years, I don't know if you, you probably don't listen to podcasts lately, but I've been talking a lot with my listeners about how, um, I want to have a better relationship with you because you're being around and my being around with my health and everything isn't guaranteed. And rather than spending all of our time together trying to change each other and tell each other how to live their lives or whatever, it'd be nice to just be able to enjoy the time and, and have fun. That's why we play board games and we get together and we do our errands on Sundays. So part of the reason that I'm, I don't want to say, but for lack of a better term, kind of holding your feet to the fire with some of the stuff that you're saying is it can't be both at the same time. Oh, yes, it can. No, it can't. It can't be that you didn't have friends and you had to spend a lot of time with your mom, but you had lots of friends and you used to play all the time. That's kind of like, which is like, I didn't which say I didn't have friends. I said I spent a lot of time with my mother because okay. my dad wasn't there. Okay. And I was sick a lot. When you're sick, you stay at home. What were, Did you have like a chronic condition or something? I had, uh, I had red measles twice and you're only supposed to get them once. And I had allergies thereafter. Didn't mm -hmm. have them before. And then I had... 14 or 15 abscesses on the inner ear, which is close to the brain, not what? the eardrum. And What's I an abscess, a lump? An abscess is like a bad infection. Okay. And I don't know. I got to ask. And I had a lot of fevers, 104, 105 degree fevers, which you never hear about anymore, but that's what I had. And in fact, one time when I was sick, my mother had to drop my skirt hems because I had I had grown two inches in my two and a half week sickness. I grew two inches. And the doctor told her that I had the hot house treatment, just like in a greenhouse. I don't know what that means. The hot house treatment? Yeah. In a greenhouse, things grow faster because they don't have wind and rain and stuff. They just have sun. Okay. I see. So anyway, I had a lot of sickness like that. And that's why I was I don't think the wind and the rain is what grows human beings though. No, I'm I was explaining it to you because well, I understand how understand a greenhouse it. works, but I don't understand how a hot hot house. Works. So if you're inside, you grow faster. I had a fever, I and that was that was how my body was managing the fever was to grow. Oh, I see. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. Instead of killing, I thought they me. were trying to say that because you were inside for two weeks with a fever, it was the instead fever of, was causing. The instead growth. of killing me, my body grew. Okay, that's what the doctor told my mother. Okay. And then she spanked you in front of him so he could see how stuff. No. <laughs> that would just be funny if that was your mother's standard way of saying goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Remember, like a like a like a children's program. Now, what did we learn today? Paula, come here. Spank, spank, spank. This is how you do it. Don't forget. We'll be back next week, and I'll remind you. <laughs> you can laugh. It's a horrible thing that she did. There's no good reason for it. Um, 
It's okay. Hey, look, I do all sorts of bad things. You do all sorts of bad things. That was one of her flaws. One of her flaws was she loved you so much. She hurt you so that strangers would be able to be better at hurting their kids, which is a lovely, it's in the Bible, right? Spank, spank not, lest ye never know how to damage your children and bring love upon them. Spare the rod and spoil the child is what it says. Yeah, right. But doesn't say, doesn't say, doesn't say, hey, don't have a spare rod, borrow mine. Come on (laughs) over here. I'll show you how it's done and all that stuff. Your mom was very religious, right? Yep. That was the thing too. I I, like, we're 35 minutes in and I'm like, I'm like, we we haven't even got it of your horrible childhood. This is, this isn't even just like a happy mother's day. Mom is what I'm trying to say with this podcast. (laughs) We're speaking about we're we're with moms talking moms. (laughs) <laughs> my mom's smiling and shaking her head just in case anyone's like, why is she so quiet? They can't see that you're kind of having a good time right now. They just think that you're just like, Jimmy's going to listen to this. Mika's going to listen to this. Other people who know you're going to listen to this and you're being quiet. They're all going to go. This is very uncharacteristic. Crystal's going to listen to this. Everyone's going to be like, it's uncharacteristic of her to just sit there and have two or three word sentences. Well, they're going to be thinking she's going to kill him. The no, next noise no, I hear don't. is her killing no, him. No, because they're going to hear, in order for you to kill me, you got to get up. And for you to get up, you got to grunt for like fucking five minutes. <laughs> There'll be all sorts of audio cues that you're you're making a move. <laughs> <laughs> again she's smiling and shaking her head you can't see that i can just i can just edit it out i'm just gonna edit it you going blah, 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 and then it'll be me going i love you mom and then it'll be you bitching about something go he's so sweet what's her problem i'm just kidding um so so uh discipline house no joy i didn't uh, say no joy i said it was a <laughs> no discipline i'm paraphrasing house. i'm paraphrasing i'm taking the information and i'm making it a couple listen you had a tough upbringing no one's going to go, wow, I sure would have traded my Christmases and fucking. I, I had a very immaterial. Mm-hmm. It was not a materialistic upbringing. I didn't have everything everyone else yeah, unless had. it was a paddle or a switch. Those were materials. Uh, <laughs> but we had great neighbors. Okay. My mom and her neighbor had 11, 12, 13 kids, and they used to do things together, and I practically belonged in that family. I was there all the time. Mm-hmm. I had cousins that we saw. You don't see your cousins. A lot of people don't, no, don't see their cousins. People are all over the world now. But when you lived in a small town, you saw your cousins, you saw your neighbors. You, we got a certain amount of freedom to go everywhere because it was a small town and people looked out for each other. Whereas in a city, kids go running all over the place. One of them disappears somewhere. No one cares. Well, actually, it's funny that you said that because as of today, there's fucking Amber Alerts that go off on your phone every 50 minutes. Did you have that happen to you? Yeah, phone go off. Yeah, mine happened five times today. And uh, I'm sure anyone listening uh, probably had that too. Uh, How convenient that is. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Uh, Part of me was like, oh, that's kind of cool that like everyone's phone goes off so that you can see where this, you know, it'll help everyone find the kid. But it happened to me so many times today that as soon as it did, I immediately clicked it off. And I'm like, they're going to run the danger of people having it happen and not give a fuck to go, oh, Amber, and just turn it the fuck off and not read it. So it's not going to end up helping. They they did it too much. There should be like... um, I don't know. Fuck. I, I'm not, I, I can't say, cause there's, I know there's people who are listening here to go, well, I was my kid and don't get me wrong. I would want everyone to get access to it too. But the fact that it did it to me five times today in, in the span of like two hours, it went off five times on my phone and I was in a mall when it was going off. So I just heard that me, 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 like all throughout the mall when it happened, cause a lot of people's phones went off all at the same time. And then other people's depending on the carrier would go off at different times. So it was just all day for like two hours three hours while I was out. Who knows how often since I got back. I came home and Kamar's phone went off with it. Anyways, not to go off on a tangent, but um, 
it was incredibly invasive. Um, you know, the TV I get, you're watching TV, it's a great way, but but for your phone to, to go off and everyone's phone to go off. Well, and, I think people don't care if it's not in their neighborhood. Well, I, I don't mind. Like I said, if it happened once, like if there was an Amber Alert and it happened, let's just say for everybody, it happened at like, you know, 9 a.m. and then noon and then three and that's it. So you can be prepared for that to happen, whatever. But the fact that it went off of my phone like every 20 minutes and it was, and I, my phone was on silent and it, and it made the noise. It bypassed the silent setting. Like if you set an alarm on your phone, it's not going to not make sound because you got on silent. It bypasses it because that's the nature of it. Well, whatever this thing is uh, through Apple, uh, it's it's a CRTC thing, by the way. For anyone who's listening and thought maybe it's your provider or it's the type of phone you have or whatever, it's the CRTC that that forced it. So Canadian government regulations or whatever, broadcasting regulations, shit like that. Um, they're the ones who mandated it. So it's not the provider or the uh, phone manufacturer's fault. But... Um, the fact that it just goes off, you know, bypasses that. Like I, I, the 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 second time it happened, I was like, "It's on silent. Why is it being so loud?" The thought occurred to me that if I'm in the middle of a, a show, doing a stand-up show, or a meeting, and or, well, anything, a meeting, stand-up comedy show, the movie theater, somewhere where I want quiet, and all of a sudden, two hundred phones all go off with that sound, and and for you know thirty seconds, that's going to completely kill the show. You know, if you're in a movie and it's like, and the killer was me, man, me, man, me, man. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. What are they fuck? I'm going to turn your fucking phones off. Oh, we can't. It's bypassed. Like that's, that's a huge oversight on their part. Um, well, somebody anyways. at work today told me that the reason mine went off is because I didn't have it on silent, which nope. was true. I didn't at the time, but lots of the time I do have it on silent. No, nope, mine was on mine. My phone stays on silent. Now that I have my watch, I always feel a vibration on my wrist. I turn my wrist and I can see what's happening. You know, if I need to answer the buzzing in my pocket or whatever, I don't ever need my phone to be on because I can see what's going on on my wrist. But, um, well, I argued that point. I said that I thought that whether you have it turned off or not, it still comes on. Yeah. Well, mine did. And they said, no, it doesn't as long as you have it turned off. Well, it started today. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't know unless it happened to them multiple times too. Anyways, not to go too far point, but you made the point about, you know, if your kid went missing, people went and looked well, as of today, if your kid goes missing two hours away, your phone's going to go off every 20 minutes until the kids, you know, found one way or the other. And like you said, a lot of people are going to ignore it. Yeah. If, well, if they keep inundating you with it, like if you send it to me once and I look at it, like, like. I get it, you know, I'll read it. If you send it to me once a day and I look while the Amber Alert or, or you send it out once when the Amber Alert happens, then I'll look at it and now leave me alone. I, I got your message. I had no choice but to get your message. But the fact that you keep sending it to me drives me crazy. In fact, it, and honestly, it was so frustrating. It made me think bad things. Um, I was just like, can, can we find the kid already? You know, dead or alive. Can we just find him and stop this? Because this is, this, uh, it's, it's very, I don't know, I found, I found it to be particularly invasive. And like I said, I, anything happened to, to you know, the, the, two, the two kiddos, I, I would definitely be happy to know that all at once everyone's looking down at their phones and taking information and going, cool, if anybody sees them, they're going to they're gonna call because they've all got this information. But like you said, the, and like I said, the fact that it's going to be, 
you know, if it's going to happen like this all the time, anytime a kid goes and Amber, forgive me, I'm not super familiar with this, but an Amber alert means the kid's been missing for what, 24 hours or something? I don't know. They get an Amber alert a lot faster than 24 hours. Okay, 24 so hours is for an adult to be missing. Fair enough. But there's like, more. but Amber is not the most intense, right? Or is it? Or does Amber yeah, just mean Amber child alerts, instead of? Amber alerts used to be at the border so that nobody took a kid across the border. Like, for instance, parents that don't have custody okay. used to do that. So Amber alerts, I think, started because of that reason. This being So maybe, maybe Amber alert just extension. means missing child then? You know what? Hey, we got the internet. So why don't, while I look that up. Why don't I tell you about the 1920s while you're looking that up? No, that's stupid. My mom, <laughs> my mom lived in Calgary, which was the size of North Bay back in the 20s and into the 30s. They lived close to the Calgary Stampede par- and Parade Grounds. And my aunt, my mom's older sister and her friend used to come home every day to the same thing, if they weren't home by 4.30, their mother got mad at them. And one day they came home, they both came home together, and one went one house and one went to another, but the one girl never showed up. So the mother called my grandmother and oh. asked her, did she show up? Is she with you? Mm-hmm. And my mother says, no, my, my girl Gladys came home, but Kathleen's not with her. We thought she went home. And the mother said, nope, she's not home. So my grandfather, who was a tailor in Calgary and several men that worked for him, all of the men that were business men around them, mm-hmm. they all got out in five minutes. They all went out and they all started looking in all the area between there and the parade ground. Okay. And in 10 minutes, they found a man taking her panties off in the parade ground about to rape her. And all these men found him. Yeah. And stopped them. And in those days, they didn't get to jail without bruises and cuts and right. stuff. Your mom showed them all how to spank them. And basically. my mother, <laughs> as, a, as a two-year-old child, showed them how to do that. Yeah. No, I just, well, I'm sure she would have given them a call as soon as she was old enough. Anyway, that was a small community could do that. Yeah. But in bigger communities where they don't know each other, it's less likely that they get together and do such things. Well, it's good. I mean, obviously they found that's a nick of time story. And I hope to God that when they told you that story, they didn't just change the ending to make it a little more palatable for you. Oh, my mother told me the story, so I'd come home sooner and be there. So who knows if it even really happened? She's like, you come home and if it's not 430, you'll have your ass. Well, you know what? Maybe that was part of her problem is that she had some shit happen to her and she, instead of, you know, seeking help. She she paid it forward. <laughs> well, there there's a lot of awful things happening in the world if you start looking. Well, this is what I found on Amber Alert. Uh, it says uh, noun, <laughs> plural noun. But I'm just kidding. An emergency response system that disseminates information about a missing person, usually a child, by media broadcasting or electric roadway signs. Um, you know, it says that it's uh, started in the states. Is that where you see it? Oh, no, sorry. That was the second one. An Amber Alert or Child Abduction Emergency is a child abduction alert system. It originated in the United States in 1996, it says. So that's what it is. It's Amber Alert is not, it's not like other alerts, like red alerts and the color is the, the level of severity. An There's Amber Alert just means coming. a child. Yeah. And it's probably like what you said. It starts with the t- trying to take them across like borders and then they're just like, oh, fuck it if they're missing. Um. So anyways, getting into, I guess, you know, moving forward is you... Uh, yeah, I hope I hope I put a nice little bow on that whole, you know, that thing that happened today. I they found the kid, by the way. So for anyone who didn't get it or didn't hear about it or hasn't been bothered since, um, I I received yet another alert saying the child found all as well. You know, not long after. So who knows? Maybe maybe as a direct result 
of like I it just said child found and it didn't really give anything else. But you know, who knows? Maybe it was a direct result of of annoying everybody all day long. Well, you have to remember that all of these numbers of kids that go missing, some of them are the same kid over and over and over yeah, again. The, keeps the, running away. Wasn't the weather balloon boy or whatever? Like that was all bullshit. I one. don't know. But the the thing is, you have to remember that not all of these statistics are one individual kid being stolen. Sometimes they run away. Sometimes other things happen. But it certainly makes people feel like they want to get their kids chipped like their dog so they could find them. And once the government gets you chipped, they're never going to unchip you. They're going right. to know where you are. That's going to be like Minority Reporter, one of those movies where they got to dig them out of you. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, long story short, as, as much as I, you know, I'm bitching and complaining about all that is that, um, and it was so funny too, because I was in a mall and you should have seen how many people were also like, again, okay, fuck, we get like, people were mad. If it was just me going like, this is annoying. Like, again, I, I, I would have just turn it off i also for the record didn't have my phone for like an hour and a half while they were fixing it i was in the mall getting my at the apple store getting my phone uh fixed or the screen replaced or whatever and so i while i talk about three hours that happened uh, an hour and almost a half of that i didn't have my phone so all those times it happened just kept happening and happening i was walking around and other people's phones were going off and they were all getting pissed off and then like i said i came home kamara's went off again Mine luckily didn't go off again. I guess they thought five times was enough. But anyways, moving on. I'm so sorry for anyone who's just pissed off and like I'm being grouchy fuck. But um, I'm really I'm really enjoying getting to know <laughs> more about you, Mom. Um, it's not funny. It's not funny. Then no. why are you smiling? Well, I'm just saying it's not funny. It's funny to me. Listen, I, we're we're exercising your demons. You're sixty something years old now, and it's time hey, to finally. Where are you going? What's that? <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> See, and then you tell me I'm a snob because you're, I don't laugh at your jokes and they don't even make sense. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? You said you were exercising my demons. I said, where are you going? Oh, I'm your demon. Oh, they, you must really be a cut up at the government, eh? They just, good. you know what it is? I think people in the government, they do that, that chick laugh. Women are like, anyways, it's been a long day. <laughs> I'll see you later. I'm going to get a, get a tea. <laughs> I'm so bad. <laughs> they just laugh at everything they say. I wonder like what, what that learned behavior was just, ha, 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 you're going, I'm, I'm killing it at work. People are just laughing at everything I'm saying. You are funny. There's questions people have sent in, giving you credit for being funny, trying to, to trying to say that, give you credit for my funny. Lawrence which, says I'm funny. The Lord? You hear voices? Lawrence. Who? Jason. Jason Lawrence. Lawrence says yeah. I'm funny. Yeah, but Jason's also not funny and he's old too. You hit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jason Lawrence being, of course, the owner of Absolute Comedy. Uh, this episode brought to you by Absolute Comedy. Um, but he's old as fuck and he doesn't do comedy anymore. Um, and yes, he thinks you're funny. A lot of people think you're funny because they don't have to. They're hearing these stories for the first time. When, once you've heard them like the 2700th time, like you're, you are the T, what was it, TBS? You're like the TBS of people. You only have three movies slash stories that you play. So anytime you tune in, it's either Rocky Four, fucking Adventures in Babysitting, or Braveheart. And yeah, the first time you see some of those movies, pretty damn exciting. Then you turn them on and you go, Ugh, How this many again? times do you think I've heard your your stories and your jokes? I, listen, remembering is a different thing. All yeah, right? because you get paid for them, they're better. No, I don't I don't tell you to come out. You don't have to come see my shit anymore. Okay. I love you. Anyways, um, <laughs> Uh, you're young, life sucks. You start going to school, you start getting good grades. You meet teachers that, uh, so here's a funny story that I, I remember you telling me, um, but this was like, this was you in high school, I think. 
So you're already, you're, you're now, I would imagine now what, do you remember how old you were when your mom stopped spanking you recreationally? Maybe about 10. <laughs> well, it was a long time. Yeah. She I don't just, think I even started, got out of the yard uh, without a harness until I was 12. Without a harness? Yeah. My mother used to have a harness for me everywhere we went. Like we went to Toronto. Like to a the baby CNE. Bjorn, you just hang off of her chest oh, <laughs> until you were 12 like years a, old. Like a dog. I, I had a harness and oh then she never God. had to worry about losing me in a crowd. Oh my God. Oh. Have you ever talked to somebody about all this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no wonder you're, you're not, maybe you're not like kooky. Maybe you're just like, you're on the fucking ledge. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're just on the edge. And every time you get a laugh, you're like, ah, oh, one more. I got one more. You're just like, you're just a perpetual encore right now. You're like, ah, and you're like, all right, I'm out of here. And they're like, one more. You're like, all right, one more. <laughs> and then you go to jump and you go, ah, one more. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's smiling again you guys can't see this she's not gonna kill herself you don't hear the grunting she hasn't no, got I'm up. not gonna kill myself good luck killing me <sighs> anyways there you go so there's a little grunt you dusted yourself in the chair i got lots of warning signs that you're coming <clears throat> oh that that's the kind of thing i, I was hear sitting on my out. tailbone and i had to get off so you're allowed to move i just was saying that okay now you farted that's fun it was the chair <laughs> was it yeah okay <laughs> I'll just stare you down waiting for you to crack. When we come over there to spank you, show that son. Demonstrate to the neighbors outside how it's done. Anyways, um what was I gonna say? There was uh <laughs> there's a story I remember of you being in high school where, you know, you were a good student, you were like an A student, right? Why was academics important to you? Because I like to think. No, you don't. I've known you a very long time and that's never been a word I'd use to describe you. Okay then. <laughs> No, seriously, like nobody goes, I like to think, so I'm going to get A's. I enjoy thinking. A's were not a priority to me. Why do you think I watch documentaries and stuff all the time? I want to learn something. I want to know something. Okay. That does, I mean, I'm sorry, again, we're, we're having a stare down right now. There's a lot of nonverbal communication right now, but I don't, you were a good student. You didn't, you didn't have anything that you wanted to be with that. You're just like, I like to learn, so I, I want A's. I wanted to be a vet from the time I was three years old. You want to be the first, you want to be G.I. Jane? I wanted veteran? to be a vet. Girls weren't allowed to be vets back <laughs> I, then. Are you sure? Come it on, was hold considered, on. Is that a, it was considered a male profession. Okay. And the official reason that Guelph University used to give why they didn't have more girls is because there was no point in wasting education on them to have them go home and have babies. That was official. Now, you're not going to believe me nowadays, that? but that's... Well, no, of course you couldn't say that now because you get a... Girls get a had movement. to have 85% all the way through high school to get even considered... Did you not college. have 85% average? 84.9, and I would Bullshit. have had to go to the 1. teachers. 1.1? Yep, I had to go back to the teachers and ask for marks, and I was too proud. I wasn't going to Really? You were too proud to follow your I wasn't going dreams. to go and ask somebody to give me another mark, no. Why? Because... Also, by the time I got to the end of high school, I started to realize it's going to be kind of hard to be a vet when I'm allergic to cats. It took you until high school to realize yeah, that? Yeah, took me until high school. Till I, <laughs> I didn't want to ask for point one more. I was too proud. Also, I realized I'm allergic to cats. There's a line in The Simpsons where, where Homer was part of an AV club. This, you sound just like him. He was part of an AV club, and he said, I got kicked out of the AV. They're like, why? He's like, oh, because of my views on Vietnam. Also, I was stealing projectors. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's you why did you go there because i was point one short and i was too proud to ask for it also i couldn't be near animals <laughs> no just cats 
But no, you're allergic to horses. How are you supposed to be a vet if you can't go near horses and ferrets and guinea yeah. pigs? Basically, well, you're not allergic you to could, shih tzus. You could be a small animal practice, but once again, you'd, you'd have practice. to have like ferrets and stuff. Ferrets are very strong smelling if you haven't ever tried yeah. one. Tried one? <laughs> Tried one, yeah. They're, they're very strong smelling. Yeah, they're disgusting. What kind of what kind of vet can make a practice out of small animals? Like, uh, come on down to my hamster practice. It's going to cost you uh, $479 for the x-rays, blood work. And they're like, or $4.79 for, for a, a new, new one. one. Yeah. Small animal means dogs, cats, and anything smaller. No, I get that. But I'm just saying like, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's a huge racket now veterinary you see if you had stuck to your fucking if you hadn't been so goddamn proud did yeah, your mom spank you for I'm not getting very, those very, <laughs> i'm very old 10 years after me girls were acing veterinary school but that's because girls didn't have to have 85 percent anymore they only had to have 65 percent the way the boys did so that more of them could get in now you walk into a veterinary hospital and like 80 percent women now it's changed yeah and and I, well i'm happy about that Right? I mean, you get your little cupcakes get to come into the workplace now, try to make a go. <laughs> I love upsetting you, mom. It's one of, well, not upsetting you. Yeah, upsetting you. I, I enjoy, I enjoy making you mad. Something very palatable to me. Right. Like never noticed. It's fun. It's fun watching you like, ah, and then I'll poke fun in you, you motherfucker. That's how it's done. <laughs> Welcome to big leagues. <laughs> um, I, uh, well, I, I just remember you, there was a, a story again, I keep trying to get the stories. Um, but, uh, you were in high school, you had a teacher who one time you were finished a test or something like that early. And, uh, I don't remember what you were doing, but you know, he came up to you and he asked you, do you know the story? He asked you what you were, what you're doing. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm done. So I'm going to just sit here and, you know, I don't remember what the fuck you're doing, but he told you like, why don't you read the dictionary? And you said, I'm waiting for them to that, make it into a movie. Yeah. That was a teacher who was. We had a spare, mm -hmm. and I didn't have my homework with me. I asked, could I go to my locker and get my homework? And she said, no. And I said, well, we didn't know we were getting a spare. It's not right that I have to sit there for 45 minutes, and I've got homework in my locker. And she said to me, well, why don't you read the dictionary? I said, well, thanks. Anyway, I'm waiting till they make it into a movie. And then she was mad and, and sent me to the principal. Yeah, so you would fight to get your homework, but you wouldn't fight for an extra 0.1% to go to, to follow your dreams of being a veterinarian. Well, I don't know. You should have read the dictionary because they would have found the word priorities <laughs> and that would have given you an idea. Oh, I have these all out of whack. Yeah, but you could have looked up You could have looked up discipline and it wouldn't have said free ride to the top of a Ferris wheel. <laughs> You know, spanked for no reason. Well, it's discipline. You know, it was we didn't. It was not. It was not not fun. It was just a dis. It was tough discipline. It was Fifty Shades of Grey mm -hmm. training. It was like, well, it sounds to me like yeah, from your mother. <laughs> That's the fucking least sexy. Thing. My mom used to spank me, and I never got wet. That's how much I can hold back. I'm like, That's disgusting. <laughs> oh like I had experience. I don't sit in here. You know, you spanked me when I was little. I'm not sitting here going, well, you know, that's just, uh, would you love somebody? You grab them by the ears and you yell at them and you spank them and you blame them for all your problems. <laughs> and, uh, no, hey, look, I get that you have it rough. I want you to know the point of this podcast is I forgive you. Um, <laughs> well, I, forgive I haven't forgiven you. you yet. I know that. I know that. And that's okay. And I forgive you for that too. Um, anyways, you, you, uh, you know, we're at the, f we're at 59 minutes. 
and we've we have, said nothing. And you still live in Perry Sound, which is the eighth gate of hell. Um, it isn't. <laughs> it's a nice town. I'm sure the town is nice. Horrible human beings so Living far. Child the- raping, boardwalk, or well, not boardwalk, railway building, beat that your was, kids. That was Calgary. Like some people are magicians. Some people are clowns. Some people are comedians. Your mother's idea of a performance piece is to beat her child at a fucking dinner party or whatever. <laughs> I have to let it go. I have to let it go. It's just... It, You're not. To, I know. I know. And that's why I'm addressing it. I'm aware. I need to let it go. But it just seems like such a horrible injustice. And I think the fact that you're like, okay with it makes me upset. But you know what? That's not my story. That's your story. I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't there. Lucky for her. I wasn't there. I Is there... You know what? If anyone's out there and can spank their grandmother... You know, to show other people how to spank a grandmother, whatever, that would be a great thing. Um, so high school's over. Where did you work? You didn't get the job as a veterinarian. You were one point shy. And then and where did you, like, what did, what did you do I after went to school? Carleton University for journalism. In Ottawa? In Ottawa. That's so you, how I came here. Okay, okay. That's, I thought you, see, I didn't even know that. I thought you, I thought you married dad and came here nope i used to be good at writing until i got in the government and then i apparently since i'm in the government i don't know how to write but well i've heard your stories decided to be a journalist (laughs) because of of um in those days the the journalists actually used to investigate things and they used to publish things and they used to tell people a little bit more of the truth than what they do now that they're mm. owned by corporate entities. Well, they were owned by corporate entities then. But there was still there, for instance. You know what I think it is, if I may? I think it's that back then nobody knew that there was an agenda behind it. There was more trust that this is just the news. Now we know, like you said, you like to learn things and, and, and knowledge is power. Now we know how much of it is skewed because of that. I think it was just a simpler time where we didn't know. We didn't know smoking wasn't good for you. It doesn't mean that it was and it just stopped being good for you. We just know now that it's not good for me from studies. Well, now we know that the media is skewed based on the people who own it. Well, Woodward and Bernstein, who broke the Watergate, right? their editor allowed them to print the stuff. Yeah. And the publisher wasn't that keen on it but right. the editor believed in it and let it go nowadays though did the editor keep his job afterwards i don't i think so yeah really but, but i don't think these days even an editor or a publisher could get your truthful well, that's, story out but that's why they have things right like whistleblower status like you can protect yourself if people come after you because you told the truth well, you can get mild amounts of protection. There are some some governments who have been enacted whistleblower protection and some that haven't. I'm not sure what the status of whistleblowers in the United States is. It certainly didn't help Snowden. And it's not like Snowden said anything we didn't know. We all know we've been listened to and everything else. That wasn't really that big a surprise. But in Canada, I happen to know that whistleblowing legislation does not cover health industry government workers and therefore that's why if somebody in health canada says this is not good for you or this drug is not good for you they're not allowed to say anything the scientists and they're not allowed to say anything you're saying if, if a scientist in this country finds a drug that's not good for you they're not allowed to say anything. if they if they're part of the government they're not protected the way 
I would be if I came out and said, oh, guess what? There's a bomb under this building and nobody knows about it. And I need to tell you, Mm -hmm. there's supposedly some kind of whistleblower protection for that. But there isn't for the people who work in the health and science and veterinary fields. Well, that's horrifying. Well, Um, that's because that's where most of the stuff, the dirt is. Right. That's why they're not allowed to say anything. Well, that sucks. Whatever. But I mean, getting back to what you're saying. So you... You left Perry Sound to get take journalism at at Carlton. How was how was leaving Perry Sound? You know, I didn't want to go. I would have never left there if I could have gone, got education or a job or something. Why not Toronto? Perry Sound's closer to Toronto than Ottawa. I didn't like Toronto. Toronto, Toronto? is the whole reason that keeps this country together. Hatred of Toronto. Right. The whole um, country hates Toronto. So you what? You were looking around. You found a journalism. Uh, like yeah. I could have gone to uh, Western in London. That's where most of my friends went. But I preferred to go to Ottawa because it was the city's the the nation's capital. And uh, yeah, had, had nice. you seen it before? Had you ever been here nope, before? Never been here, so I just wanted. And you to moved without your folks. Well, yeah, because your folks have to stay at home. No, I get that. I'm just, for you, like it's a long time in life to be away from, you know. I didn't want to leave home, but I had, I had to make a living and I didn't want to make a living at minimum wage. Right. Because how, that's what you get up there. How long did you, uh, were you doing the journalism for? I did it for a year until I found out that I wasn't going to be able to afford to keep coming because I was an only child. My parents didn't make much money and the government wouldn't give me any more bursaries to go. So, so they, I couldn't go. Was any of that stuff available to you beforehand in terms of knowing like how I took much a loan, <clears throat> but uh, something, the fact that I was only one child in the family, the fact that- This is government saying that? This was how the loans people told okay. me. Or yeah, I'm sorry, whomever the Because loans uh, there was only me. They expected my parents to take a mortgage out of their house and send how me would, to how would How would not being an only child make it somehow easier well, for them to give you a loan? It's got some kind of a formula. Government uses formulas right. for everything, and I wasn't getting what I needed from the formula to get money. That sucks. But people that I know that came from richer families got money, and they just spent the money because their parents paid their way. Well. So what happened? So you moved home? So I ended up moving home. I, uh, As I say, I fell in love and ruined my life, all one word. Well, hold on. Where were you working? You come home. Now you need a job. I came home. I got <clears throat> a job at A&P as a part-time uh, cashier. Mm-hmm. Fell uh, in love with some guy who was a butcher there. Oh, yeah? A meat cutter. Didn't like being called a butcher. And okay. uh, so like I said, I fell in love and ruined my life, all one word, because you can do that. And then so I dad was the butcher? There. No. Okay. Somebody well, else. And you ruined your life with somebody else? Yeah. Well, when you fall in love and ruin all your expectations because oh, you fell I in thought, love. Oh, I thought, okay, sorry. I know that dad definitely ruined your life, but I just thought that's who you Oh, met. just another one. Just another one. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. When you thought fell in love and ruined your life, you didn't realize that there was more steps down. Yes. <laughs> so what, so who is this guy? Because he fell in love or in your life. What's the story with this guy? What was his name? I don't even know if I know the story. His name is Bob. He was French. He was from Sturgeon Falls. Uh, I always wanted to speak French, but there was never anybody that would speak French to me, so he did. Sturgeon Falls, I think that's where a lot of the, you know, people on Mika's side are from. Yeah, I think so. They're all Francophones there for the most part. Some. I know lots that aren't, but I mean, but I only know like six dudes from there, and that's all I know from Sturgeon Falls. Um, So you fell in love with this guy. How long are you guys together? All about two years, maybe a little more. Yeah. What'd your parents think of him? Well, they thought he was okay, but he was a bit of a player. He was, 
screwing his landlord's daughter at the same time he was screwing me. So, oh, I'm sorry. Eventually, we f- figured that out. Yeah, yeah. It'd be we nice. Eventually, be nice it to out. have a guy leave you for some other reason than getting screwed somewhere else, like something original. <clears throat> But anyway, so that didn't work out. And then what did I do? Did you still um, work at AMP with them afterwards? Nope. I had already left to nor- to go to Dominion store because Ooh, was, that the the, was that the better stores, grocery store in Paris? No, it's the grocery <laughs> grocery stores had a rule that husbands and wives couldn't work together. Smart. When you live in a small town and there aren't 14 A&P stores, you got to go to another kind of store. So well, I went also, to that. Bonnie and Clyde it from the inside when you're a couple be like, I'm going to, I'm going to set this up and you knock it down. I don't know. Well, there used to be brothers and sisters and brothers that worked there, but they wouldn't allow husbands and well, wives. Well, this is before like security cameras and shit too, right? Yep. Yep. So the idea is the more people you have that are, you know, a conflict of interest inside where they're, you know, eh, let's, uh, let's uh, do this, do that, you know, but they still have punch cards and they yep, didn't have, they didn't have cards. computers. So yep. every, all the money was being counted and you had to sort of take people's word for it that it was all there. You were right? responsible <clears throat> for the money. Yeah. But how do they even know what you took in, right? It's one of those. You started like, off with a float. And yeah. You had to have that float when you were done, plus the money that was outside of the float had to corroborate with the money that goes through the till. So the till actually keeps track of all the money that you've put through? Yep. How do you erase something if you hit the wrong button? Did that still, did that uh, work? It, it, you were able to do that. Okay. You, you avoided it. Oh, what a horrible time you lived but in. But here's the thing, the people that worked <laughs> in the night shift that were putting stocking stuff away, I knew, I had friends that were doing that. They used to play bowling with the frozen turkeys. <laughs> There's a lot of stories working in the food department. They used to play, I don't know what they were using for the pegs, but they used to use the the turkeys for the bowling balls and throw them across the floor. And, and then people would just buy them and eat them the next day. I guess so. Gross. I actually heard a story of somebody shoving one of those turkeys up their dress and trying to walk out with it. My attitude is, you know, if a person has to shove a frozen turkey up their dress, let them have it. I think I saw that on The Simpsons or something one time. Someone stuffed a turkey up and tried to walk out with it. I think it's one of those urban legends. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so you're working at another death. So then what was the next thing that happened in your life? So After I think, that, you met. Uh, I can't remember what happened after that, but I eventually learned, realized I had to get out of Perry Sound to get a job. Right. Because I couldn't have my parents look after me all my life. So I went to North Bay and lived with my aunt, Mid, and mm-hmm. Uncle Bert and their family. I boarded there mm-hmm. while I worked at Polar Studio. What's that? It was a studio that was attached to a factory that made films, uh, photographs, and uh, there was a camera shop and everything else in the mall. I got that job from a teacher, a former teacher, Peterson, told me that they were looking for somebody, and he recommended me, so I, I got that job. I worked for them several times, two or three times. In between babies, I worked for them, and... And uh, before and then after, because I was a good employee, but it was minimum wage. Yeah. So that's all you could make. Was that where you were, like, was that where you met dad? Yep. He was a delivery man for Canpar and he used to bring stuff in. And I had been going out with some guy who was a real downer. He was a real downer. My aunt loved him, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I thought he was just too much of a depressive for me. Anyway, your dad came in and he, used to whistle all the time and he was always in a good mood and I'd say something to him like hi how are you today and he'd go well I'm not crippled and I'm not blind so it's a good day and I used to think hey sure beats the hell out of that depressive guy (laughs) 
So what happened? How did you guys end up dating or whatever? Well, he asked me out and I went out with him. I met him at a restaurant and- He didn't even pick you up? You had to meet him there? I, I had to work longer than him. He didn't have a car. He oh. could drive the can park truck, but he didn't have a car. He told me that he was looking at three girls. Two of them had tits and I had a car and he didn't have a car, so I won. He told you that and <laughs> <Yeah>. you still- <laughs> I'm very- Did you say three tits and one had a car? He had three, was looking at three, three girls. girls, two had tits and I had a car. And he didn't have so a So he car. was saying you didn't have tits. Yeah. He, That's yeah. fucking So when the gross. car broke, I told him, now do you wish you'd taken the tits? Because <laughs> the car's broke, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's funny because that's like the balls to say something like that. And then. Well, that's the kind of you thing you'd say. You, no, it's not. You're not afraid to I, say stuff like that. I, it's the kind of thing I would think, laugh at the absurdity of it and never say because it it's a horrible thing to say. Like you think you think any woman like you know how how much of a fucking angel perfect human being you have to be to approach a woman and get her to say yes whereas like apparently in fucking North Bay in the 60s or 70s you could walk up to a chick and be like yeah you know what I got a couple of the twats that I'm thinking about but uh you know they got nicer tits than you but you got a car can I fucking uh, take advantage of you you know can you drive me around <laughs> or whatever the, the answer would be yes to and that. then and you're just and you're saying like, like <laughs> well you know that's how it was then you'd say no, no I, wouldn't I didn't say that's how it was i just that's a that's horrible i mean obviously if you're the depressive guy and you're like oh, oh mom some of these questions right don't ask questions you don't want the answer you you've never told me that i know that you met him when you he's doing delivers. well I'm glad I did. I try to tell you some stuff and you get bored or you fall asleep in front well, of me. So now I'm horrified. I'd rather be bored and fall asleep than be like, wow, you just, your life was a series of getting kicked when you were down, eh? Jesus Christ. I got a sense of humor. Although you don't think it's a sense of I humor. I think you have a sense of humor. I just think it's underdeveloped. But I. <sighs> <laughs> well, you're overdeveloped. As much, it's, it's funny. You're like, you're like that, that pug or whatever trying to jump up on the couch and he just can't do it, but he just doesn't stop and he's never going to get it. But it doesn't stop. It's tenacious. So that's, uh, well, that's hor an hour and 15 in. This might have to be like a mini series because I'm not even born yet. And that's the best part of the story. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, <laughs> what's so funny? Why are you laughing but not letting anyone hear it? The best part of the story. Yeah, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. That's oh, amazing. Yeah? <laughs> Don't you think you should ask me that? No, I already know. You'll be, no, because when happiness happens to you, you go, well, you know, it was the, I think I accidentally smiled once and I, my mom's voice came in the back of my head calling me over to get my spanking for being happy. <laughs> There's a, wow, I'm looking at two pairs of tits and you have a car. Wow. Was that the nicest thing anyone had ever said to you at that no. point? <laughs> Someone's recognizing me for something that I have. And was it your car or was it your parents' car? It's my car. I oh, had a duster. Plymouth duster. Okay. Slant six engine. When you said I had a duster, I thought you were referring to your current vagina. Um, <laughs> you'll figure it out. I'm saying you're old and unused, but I love you. <laughs> Tori, we're going to talk about the time I walked in and you having sex later on. That's going to make everybody throw up. I don't know what you're I, talking about when you say that. I think really, you, you imagine are you denying shit. it? You imagine. Oh, shit. I'll tell you. I, you and I, I told this story once on stage. It got a huge laugh. I almost told my audience this and I was like, yeah, you know what? If you guys want to hear the story, I'll make you ask. And they never did. And I don't blame them for not asking. But uh, maybe while I have you here, maybe you can share your. Would you give a about shit now. about somebody else's mother having sex? Would you? I'd rather them than mine. That's for sure. 
That was a horrible experience that didn't make any sense and your explanation didn't clear it up. But we'll get to that later. Um, I, I, yeah, like we'll see how, uh, how far we get on because we're just, we're just talking. I'm having a great time. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time. Are you having a good time, Mom? You I like find it? it boring. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, probably the listeners do too. Just, yeah, but just know, probably. But just know it's your life we're talking about that's giving you that. So now you know how I feel when you tell stories about you. <laughs> well, you're not know. letting me tell any good stories. I, we're going to get to them. But I, down and out shit. Well, I didn't realize it was going to take this long to tell the down and out stuff. We well, also, because you keep talking about Amber Alerts for half an hour. Well, whatever. I'm Yeah, I, I'm glad the kid was found, but they pissed me off. And you were talking. You told a dark Amber Alert story, for Christ's sakes. That was gross. Anyways, um, dad takes you out. He wins you over with that classic Cerno de Bergerac fucking romanticism. And then you guys go for, it's funny because you had a car. I don't know why he didn't just meet you at your work and you guys drove there together. But anyways, that's not a, that's of all the things that went wrong in the beginning. That's certainly not the worst. So what happened? How long were you, you and dad dating? Three months. And then we got, I think we got married. Three months? Big mistake. Dead. Don't ever get married in three months because What's, the newness hasn't even worn off yet. You don't know what they really are. Well, how did, so how did it happen? You guys went out on a date? Did he, I lived did he ask with my you to, aunt. You guys were like going, well, hold on. Isn't Since we're talking about time frames and stuff, isn't it like you, you go steady or some shit first? No, I just went out with him. And then he's like, I, you belong to me now? I've done it. I've done it a couple of times with a couple of other people. It's not I'm like not I hadn't done sex. it. I'm talking about sex. I'm talking about just the commitment part. Were you guys, did you go on a date or was he like, be my girlfriend? Like that's what I'm trying it to figure was, out. How long before you guys were in a committed relationship? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe two months, but I wouldn't even call it a committed a relationship. So two months and then a month later you're getting my married. My aunt didn't like him. Fair. And so I moved out. And moved in with him. Yeah. How was that? So then we were just living together as I was okay with just living together. I didn't want to get married. And then your dad convinced me that if we were going to go to South Africa for a trip, that if we weren't married, we wouldn't get into the country. Because South Africa used to be very strict. If you were traveling together, you had to be a brother and sister or a husband and wife. You couldn't be, or two girls or two boys, but you couldn't be a boy and a girl and not be in a relationship right so he said well we were going to go traveling and we could go to south africa whatever but we'd have to be married for that he said you could always get divorced afterwards so your plan dad's plan was to stop working go to south africa for what purpose holiday Okay, so you guys were just going to go to South Africa for a holiday. And obviously, your love of animals, I'm sure you were interested in that. Yeah. And then you got married. Yeah, we got married in how, February. How, how did he propose? What was the proposal like? Oh, I can't even remember it. You don't remember being asked to be in the only marriage you've ever been in? I don't really remember. It was more of a, well, I think he called my mother. He asked me if I would consider marrying him so we could go to South Africa. And then he called my mother up and told her. That you guys were getting married? Yeah, and my mother didn't like that I was living in sin. That's what they called it when you weren't married. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'm and familiar with. That's, she didn't, she didn't that was like a common him, but enough she thing. didn't want me living in sin, so. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, her love of the Bible would trump any love of a real thing that she had in her Her life. doctor, when she was upset, telling him that I was living, I was shacked up with somebody. <laughs> he, he, she told him that, and it, that's why her blood pressure was higher. And he told her if my... She said that her blood pressure was p- higher 
Well, he told her it was higher. And she said, oh, that's because I'm worried about my daughter. She's oh, my God. Sin. She couldn't fucking own it. Blah, she was blah, also, blah. for anyone who doesn't know, which should be should be everyone. Should, I don't think there's a single human being listening that should know your mother. But she was largely overweight. And like she, us. And, and she, yeah, like us. And uh, genetics. And uh, she blamed you for it. That was That was nice. Well, anyway, he told uh, her that if his son found a gal like me and checked up with her, he wouldn't be the slightest bit upset about it at all. But didn't work too well. Yeah. Well, so you guys got married how long after? You were married in three months or you were engaged three months later? Uh, I was like September, October. We met and we were married by February. Wow. The 10th. I wanted to be close to uh, February 14th because men always forget their anniversaries, but right so after Christmas. Day they forget, then it's. Well, right after Christmas, there's hearts all the time, right? Yeah. To remind you for two months, it's going to be uh, Valentine's Day. Oh. So. That's, um, well, hey. It was 40 below the night we got married. When you opened the door, <laughs> there like a, a, a fog came in, like a tumbleweed and dissipated at the other end of the room that cold eh? people were starting their cars over and over and over to make sure they'd go what uh do you remember what your anniversary was what day 10 february, february 10th. 10th my girlfriend heather's birthday oh okay that well that is that why you remember do you think uh the whole time i was married i never remembered her birthday on time oh okay and then after i wasn't married anymore i did so okay. there you go i don't get it but that's fine um <laughs> there's um yeah, I thought you'd remember because Heather was a good friend of yours. I remember Heather. And here's the thing. Every time we went to Prairie Sound, we visited Heather. Yeah. I remember I remember visiting Heather because Heather was, was positive. Heather was fun. She had she, dogs. She, didn't, she did have dogs. But even that, it was just that she was, and, and she didn't make Aaron and I feel like we were, like your mom, your mom wasn't even like a kid should be seen and not heard. Your mom was like, no kids. Do I have cages that I can put them in? Oh, you can't put kids in cages? Can they, is there any other parents coming over I can spank them in front of? No? Oh, well, then just put them in a room and I don't want to see them. But Heather was fun. Heather Heather's was a flexible. Sweetheart. Heather accepts everybody for what they are. No, Heather's a human being who realizes that kids are human beings. And, you know, I, I, she, I uh, Heather didn't have kids, right? So oh. she was one of those people who didn't have kids. But she never made Aaron and I feel like... Yeah, by the way, I have a brother named Aaron, too, that, that exists in all of this equation. But... Um, she never made us feel like we were nuisances, that it was like an inconvenience that we were there. So we liked seeing Heather. Heather was was a lot of fun. Um, and again, we didn't do anything amazing. You know, we, we would sometimes watch movies, but we watched movies at home. That wasn't a huge deal. We were just somewhere where the, the energy, there, let's put it this way. I don't even want to say the energy. There was energy. There was she no. She had a yard. She had dogs to play yeah, with. Yeah, but you know what? You guys had a great yard at your parents' house. They went wrapped all around the house and there was gardens on one side and a big backyard. There was stuff there. I think that just now talking about it is like, I've realized that there was energy at Heather's house. You would go to your house and it was fucking quiet. There was never any music playing or anything. Papa would be sitting in a chair. Nana would always seem to just not be in the room that we were in. She's always busy. And but that's what I'm just saying. So there's just no energy. And you got these two kids that, that are fucking kids. We, well, we want to play and do one stuff. One summer we had a pool for you. You were playing in the pool. You mean like an inflatable pool? Yeah, an inflatable pool. Riveting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you said you had nothing I, to do. Well, that's a summer and you got a 
pa- you got an outside orto tub. The same as me. Yeah. Your expectations were it higher. It wasn't the absolute most brutal, but I'm just saying, like in terms of visiting your grandparents, you watch TV, and when the kids are going to the grandparents' house, they're like, oh, some some of them they're like, oh, they're old and they're scary, but they always find like there's always fun things to do, and they and they, and, and regardless of whether or not the kids want to see the grandparents, the grandparents usually seem to be excited to see their grandkids. Anyways, I I, I did brush over this. I'm not trying to go right back to the beginning. My my point being is just speaking of Heather, that's a good um, contrast. Because that's Perry Sound, and Heather was very positive. Heather was super cool. So we always enjoyed seeing Heather. She had good energy, and she had energy at all. Um, Her mother worked, and she used to be in the Army before she was married. And she was a person who inspired her kids to be independent. My mother wanted me to be dependent on her. So it's like a total opposite upbringing as far as that goes well that's codependency if your mom needed you to be dependent on her she didn't want she didn't want i think that she her self-worth was in having someone she had to take care of or someone that needed her which is probably why she gravitated towards papa who just basically sat in a chair and and yeah she looked after the neighbors and everything too but she she would not have wanted me to leave the house until i was married yeah and maybe not even then maybe she was part italian who knows but, well, in in the turn of the century, girls didn't leave home until they were married because they didn't typically work. Right. So the only way you left home is to get married. So, well, I, anyways, I I think just you know maybe uh, it's a shame that 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 you know she didn't have more for herself. But I think again, in the spirit of the podcast, and maybe bringing something level headed back to to the whole thing of the stories, it sounds like your mom needed someone to need her. And rather than being like, oh, I've got this hole in me that I should go and try to develop my own hobbies and needs and find out who I am, it sounded like it was easier for her to just be telling everyone else how to live their life and and trying to get people to to need her or whatever. I think I think well, it was they, uh, they hadn't invented psychology back then. <laughs> like somebody asked me if I had. They any, hadn't invented psychology. No, no. So, so people like my dad and my mom well, couldn't use it because it hadn't been invented as far as they were concerned. Seemingly, but they shouldn't have been walking around trying to tell other people, here's how you do things if psychology hadn't been invented. Well, somebody at work once asked me if I if but, I was ADD, and I said, oh, no, I can't be because they hadn't invented it back then. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so anyway, so, okay, so you married dad, you're living with him. How long before uh, before this miracle entered your life? Uh, about four years, because I wanted to make sure I had. A you were with them for four years. Yeah, three oh or my four god! Years. I. What did you guys do? What was life with dad like? Traveling, 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 traveling. We were traveling to Ottawa to visit his folks. Traveling to Perry Sound to visit <clears> my folks. We traveled all the time. What do you mean traveled to Perry? Oh, so you guys lived in where? North, North Bay? Bay. That's right. Okay. How far was North Bay from from Perry Sound Drive? Two-hour drive, and it okay. was a, about a six-hour drive to Ottawa. Okay. And I had a job where I worked six days and was off four. So every second weekend, we went to Ottawa, and every every next weekend I was off, we went to Perry Sound. Okay. Now, were you, this might sound silly, but were you um, the same level of lightheartedness and stuff you are now? Were you funny and stuff like that? Yeah. Back in those times? Now, I know dad can also be kind of funny. Whatnot. Did you guys, did that come out of you more while you and him were together? 
I'm not trying to give him credit for it, but I was, was it easier for you to not be like, Oh, I'd better be seen and not heard. And, and you know, I can't talk back because you just don't talk back in this to being with someone like dad. Cause dad's definitely as much as I have a lot of your personality traits. I also have a lot of dads, which is, you know, to, to, to be outspoken, to be charming, to be funny, to talk to strangers. What's that? Growly. Maybe I was talking about the positive characteristics, but yeah, I definitely, I, Hey, look, I have his negatives and yours too. Um, but I'm saying that just all like in terms of walking into a place and just striking up conversations with strangers from who you told me you were beforehand, you were always nice and polite, but you didn't, I, I don't know if you were always that person who would just talk to anybody. Always. You've always been that way. Always. That small town. You, unless you want to have a reputation for being pensive mm-hmm. and quiet, and that's what you want for a reputation, you're expected to be talkative. <laughs> Don't you remember Sorry, your brother funny. went to PEI and he said that everybody in the small town oh, yeah. wants no, to talk I, I to you? I get that that's, I guess, I guess everyone talking to each other, but then they're, you know, being funny and outgoing on top. I go, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe that's just a simple byproduct. But again, your father was from a small town. He didn't say two fucking My words. father was a farmer. He didn't live in town. He lived in the country. Okay. So he didn't learn how to speak. He was like raised by wolves, basically. <laughs> well, you don't want to get into how his long, life. How long did he live into, in Perry Sound? Inside the town, he probably lived from 50, 53 to when he died. So where, where did your parents years. meet? Uh, my mom was going out with a friend of my dad's who ended up marrying someone else. And then him and his wife invited my dad and my mom to go to a show with them. So they'd meet each other, like uh-huh. ma- matchmaking. And so my mom and dad were both older and both afraid they were never going to get married. So they got married. So they basically just didn't want to die alone, for lack of a better well, term. People think they should get married because that's the norm. Well, it was. I mean, it still is. Everybody still wants to find love and get married. So they just kind of like, they didn't even love each other. They just married out I of won't necessity. Say they didn't love each other, but it wasn't the love what we would expect. It wasn't romantic love. Yeah. But they, they were fond of each other. And here's the thing. Maybe you're not at this stage yet, but- when people don't find what they're looking for romantically, yeah, they settle. They settle. Yeah, I get that. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, effectively, they got to a point where they they pushed what they well. Who knows what your fucking father wanted? He just wanted to sit in a chair and frown he all day. He wanted a mother, <laughs> and he got one. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Oh, well, there's a, that's that's a regular thing in relationships. A lot of people want someone that they can take care of, and a lot of people want to be taken care of. Yeah, I get that. But well, that's uh, this is a uh, this is the worst and they didn't story have ever. any more kids. Did I tell you why? Uh, why they didn't have more kids than you? Because you were such a disappointment. <laughs> my mother wanted four. My Her dad, mom was exhausted from spanking you all the time. My, she couldn't. She couldn't spread it out to it. My dad didn't <laughs> want any kids. He didn't want any kids. Oh. My mother wanted four, so she had Jesus me. Christ. Yeah, she's like, I got two arms. I got to fucking just like a paddle boat spank fest all day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's just so funny to me, the idea that she, if she had more kids, she'd be so happy. She's like, I wouldn't have time to cook because I'd be all spanked at the end of the day. How am I supposed to stir a pot when I got fucking spanker's wrist? So it was a, back then it was a serious medical condition, mom. You get spanker's wrist and you'd be out for a while, right? You wouldn't be able to cook for your husband. You get a divorce. And back then she didn't want to be the divorcee because she was Christian, right? You can't be living in sin. Now she's not smiling. She's just giving me a dirty look. Well, and you're was, going off on a tangent. It's no, it's it's well, it's humor. It's humor. I'll teach you how it works. Sometime. You think it's funny? I'm laughing. I'm laughing. This is this is what you look like. Maybe maybe it is just me laughing, but I'm having a blast. And then I turn to you, go, and you you just don't think I'm funny. <laughs> um, 
Your she she wanted to have four kids. Yeah. Your father. She got pregnant and she had um, Rh factor, which, as you probably know, is that nope. there's there's no Rh in the blood and it's negative. What's Rh? I've never heard of it. Rhesus monkey. Uh, your, your, your mother didn't have any monkey R- hormones in her blood. <laughs> Rh negative comes from a test they do on rhesus monkeys. Excuse me. Most people. <laughs> I hope I'm not the only person laughing hysterically. You're telling me your mother couldn't have any more kids because after she had you, her monkey blood wasn't good enough. <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm hearing. I said they do a test with rhesus monkeys, like they used to do tests on rabbits to see if you were pregnant. And <laughs> you never heard of that either. Where the hell? Thank have you God, been? science came along sometime in your life. They had to. They they're trying to figure out if you can get pregnant by. They're trying to figure out if you're pregnant, so they operate on a rabbit. They're trying to figure out if you can have a kid, so they fucking cut open a rhesus monkey. I That's didn't what say I'm they hearing. cut them open. I said they did tests on them. I don't know what they did. They you know what a test to... would have been? Put your penis in that vagina, and if it gets pregnant, you can get pregnant. How about that? I could have been a... Was this small town science? Is that what you're telling me? No, Someone go out to the farm. We're going to do some research. If you watch the old com- comedians way back, oh, they'll, they'll tell you things like the <laughs> rabbit died. That means I've, she yes. got pregnant. Oh, my God. They killed so the, a rabbit. So it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. Oh, the yeah. bad news is the rabbit's dead. But uh, or, or depending on your position, it could be, uh, well... The bad news is you're pregnant yeah. and your rabbit's dead. Well, depending on whether you're still living at home or you're not married, yeah, it didn't sound like maybe a good like, idea. Maybe it was a good thing, you know, because if you're a farmer, you can eat. You can have a celebratory meal. You kill the rabbit. Now you're like, we're gonna we're pregnant and we're going to have this rabbit stew for yeah. But the rabbit's full of piss. So You just inject piss into its body? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a urine test for the woman. Why rabbit? I don't know. Some people used frogs. <laughs> just anything you can find basically and that's not even that. <laughs> you can laugh so people know you're not just being an ass that's that's fucking I'm not stupid being an ass. that's so stupid basically take an animal inject it with piss if it dies well it's got to be because it's pregnant or, or because you're pregnant not because you just filled its lung with piss <laughs> Well, that's that's what they did before they got clear blue. Okay? And then of course, and then of course they go, oh, there's an inaccuracy. It's like, yeah, you stabbed it in the heart and filled its heart with piss or whatever. I don't that's know, but that's dead. what they did. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, mom, good times learning. So I there's so much. She had negative R, uh, negative Rh, O blood, and that's a universal donor. I have <laughs> negative. Uh, uh, negative o and you have negative o and aaron says he has negative o anyway i don't know what blood i have you're saying i have negative o are you certain of that yeah you're negative and aaron says he is but i didn't think he was but he is you're certain of mine but not certain of aaron's i'm sure of yours because that means you love me more did you know that no i'm because in my day if you're talking to your mother and she knows your blood type but not your brothers or other siblings the one who she knows blood type means that she loves them the most no it means (laughs) it means i can make up wacky science stats too just showing you it means that you didn't create positive antibodies in my blood during the pregnancy so that when he came along, my blood tried to yeah, kill him. Yeah, I was trying him. not to mother you, okay? I was trying to let you fend for yourself, and it's done wonders for you. The reason it's important is because if you have one baby and it has positive blood yeah. and you're a negative blood mother, the next baby that comes through is killed by your blood. But it didn't kill Aaron? Well... In the 50s, they started changing the baby's blood so that 
it would be negative blood instead of positive blood. Am I positive or negative? You're negative. Oh, yes, I am very negative. So Aaron's positive? Negative, he says. Oh, okay. But he, anyway, if you have one baby negative, the next baby, if it's positive, has danger of being killed. Yeah. And a lot of babies that were by still- By the negative child. By still, <laughs> no, by what's left in your body from that. Yeah, yeah. Positive child, not a negative child. So um, in the old days, these second babies would die. And then they figured out what it was and what was causing it. So then and they started changing their blood when they're born. <laughs> and then from that, when I was pregnant for you, we got something called a Rogam shot in the hip. Okay. And it was supposed to prevent these antibodies. And so you were born. Aaron I wonder born, why nature no, would, like why that would exist in nature to, to you have know, one child ancient and you alien kill says that anyone with negative blood is alien. Yeah, that's They're fine. not human. They're alien. Okay. Well, that's, that's just a show. Yeah. Well, that Star would include says, you. <laughs> Star Wars says there's a force that surrounds us, binds us, holds the universe together, but it's not real. Um, the, um, what so was I going to say? She had that factor. And my dad and her were older, and when you're older, you have more of a you have more of a reason to have a Down syndrome kid. Okay, so, so that's doctor, what I know about that. I know that my they, doctor explained it to my mother that I could be very very bright, or I could be very very stupid. And so, Do you want me to tell you my prediction? I, know, <laughs> I, I tell people. That they never really figured out what they got. Yeah. Sometimes it would go one way. Sometimes it would go the other. <laughs> well, from what I from what I learned, you were a very good student. You were very bright. You were an A student, you know. And then I I've met you, so maybe you just got you did one half one way, you know. And here we are. But uh, no, I'm joking. Listen, basically, what you're saying is they didn't have any more kids because they were afraid that my they dad would be didn't want to have any retarded children. Or- special special needs no you're gonna have to jump through i know back then they probably didn't even call them i think retarded would have been a progressive term back then yeah but now it is certainly not and there's been like 15 more since then so you're gonna it's gonna take you a while to to list them up don't worry we we know what you're saying he didn't want to have any special needs kids yeah you know and special needs he didn't want them yeah because he had one in his family he didn't want yeah well he didn't want the one not special needs or like borderline right if we're being honest you're you're borderline special needs right Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's unfair to special needs kids, and I want to apologize to any of them out there. But uh, they don't want you on their team, Mom. <laughs> I'm telling you, they can run faster and throw the balls better without you. Uh, <laughs> they can throw some balls. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, okay. I, I don't remember what the fuck we were talking about. Dad and you were four years my together. Not you did travel. Yes. Well, I we think you, you were just saying, do you know why my parents didn't have more kids? Because I was talking about how. I guess, oh, because she was, uh, you know. She was too old. She was mothering your, your dad. We're talking about that. Like she was mothering him. He was by himself, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, coming coming back to, uh, you know, more of a later, later stage in your life. Um, you and dad moved to Ottawa at one point, right? No. No? I moved to Ottawa to go to school in 1973. After that year, I went home because I couldn't afford to stay in school. No, but I'm saying you got married to dad. Then, then I what? married your dad in North Bay. Yeah. And four years we later, separated. Oh. And why? he went to Vancouver. If and you're, are you okay I with stayed talking? in Perry Sound. And then he you, ended up coming to Ottawa. And I moved back to Ottawa so you would have an opportunity to see your father if you wanted to. Okay. Can I ask why you guys separated? Re- reconcilable differences. <laughs> 
You don't want to talk. You can say you don't want to talk about it. It's okay. Uh, Rather than giving me like a like a like a statement for a newspaper. It was too I, difficult I just, trying to raise two kids with someone who couldn't keep a job. Okay. You have the right to say that. I, and you, like I said, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to force you. I just rather you go, kids. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. My re- once you have kids, they're your responsibility no matter what. Yeah. Well, and and it I, doesn't matter if you want to be with the other person or not. You have to, re- you are responsible for the children. Right. So you have to look after it, especially so if no one else did is. You, were you working all this time or were you a stay-at-home and mom while dad was at work? I was trying to work, but I didn't have computer skills. <coughs> Fair. So I had to get computer skills. I went on mother's allowance this for a 80s, number of very years. Early 80s? Yes, and no, because you had two. At this point, you had two kids. You guys separated, but Aaron and I were already born. Yep. Okay, so that's 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 what I I'm that's what I'm getting at. I'm, you're jumping over the the you getting pregnant part. That's that's the part I'm trying to drive to. So you and dad together for four years, living in North Bay, and you get married. What? When did you have? Me. Obviously, I know my birth date, but I mean like- It was you know, a romantic pregnant, evening. These romantic evenings yeah, cost <laughs> you for the rest of your life. Right. It was a romantic evening. Your dad was a salesman. He was winning all kinds of awards. We went to the Prince Hotel in Toronto. I got drunk. There you go. And uh, sometime that weekend, your dad says, you must have been conceived because nine months later, there you were. Yep. And you were you were not an accident, although be great if I could say you were, but you weren't. Why? We wanted to Best have thing, a kid. My favorite mistake. Uh, we wanted to have a kid. So tell me about the day I was born, Mom. Tell me about I the best day of your know life. No, the day you were born. I do. It was January nineteenth, nineteen eighty three. That's my birthday. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you were you were born. You know my blood at type, but not my morning. birthday. You were born at three in the morning. And uh, it was a long pregnancy or a long uh, labor. Yeah. I was on a Pitocin drop because if they stopped giving me the the drops, I'd stop having labor. So they had to keep giving it to me and this and that. It was a real hard labor. Were you scared of being a mom? Like while you were pregnant, were you worried? Oh, yeah. I was afraid of being torn apart having the baby. (laughs) Were you really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I really hated enemas. (laughs) Really didn't want to have an enema. Fair enough. That's something they generally do with people who are having babies to give them an enema, but I was afraid of them. So, but anyway, you came into the world and you had um, some problems the first couple of days and we couldn't get any answers. Well, you, they had you on a sudden infant death syndrome mattress so they could monitor your breathing. You mean a sudden, why they thought I was going to die? They were just monitoring you because you had. Uh, you had some kind of a, I don't know, something in your ear and they had to take an earplug from you and send it away for testing. But they were afraid that if they didn't get the test back fast enough that you could have physical problems. So they were doing that, but they wouldn't tell us anything. The nurses aren't supposed to tell you anything. The doctor has to tell you and the doctor wasn't around. So we couldn't get anybody to tell us anything. And it's very upsetting when you're a mom and you got all these hormones going through you and nobody's telling you about your baby and they won't let you take it out of the bath, the, uh, what do you call that thing? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Baby, the baby fucking bin. Yeah. It's laying in. But you, you told me too that Isolation like, I came out, I came out speaking. 
Like I didn't come out crying or nothing. Oh. I was I was talking blabbing. about the actual labor. No, I don't. Well, no, I don't need details of that. But I'm just saying you said that's something that you have referenced many, many times. Well, when you were coming out of the birth canal, you were already talking. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, like surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and I think that's uh, very telling about what you were getting. You were getting a miracle, Gabby, a baby with the gift of gab. I had uh, your eyes open, and you were looking I had at my the eyes nurse. Open? Yeah, and you were looking at the nurse, and the doctor who didn't know me all that well says, oh my God, he's going to be like his mother. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, there you go. Blah, blah, maybe funny. <laughs> um, you looked right at the nurse. Right did at I? her. Yep. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and you talked at six months, and you were walking by nine months. <laughs> really? Yep. Well, you okay? So I, not to not to take away from that part of the story, just to just hop over pivotal parts. Like you were pregnant, you were worried about labor, and then they had me on the SIDS watch or whatever. But I mean, so I was born. You fell in love with me instantly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not knowing you. Did you? you? Yes. Hold on. I've never given. I've never given birth, and I've never actually had kids of my own. So as soon as I was born, was there? What's? I mean, without being too romanticized, but uh, listen, I know you fell in love with me instantly. Tell me. Tell me about my, your love. I'm kidding. What was it like? You had you had a kid. You know, now you got to, like, as soon as it comes, is it, was it instant relief and all of a sudden, like, here's me? Well, as soon as the baby's out, you can eat pizza again. You can't <laughs> eat pizza? The heartburn? Heartburn. <laughs> <coughs> heartburn. It, uh, it gives the women a glow. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as the baby's out, no more heartburn. So they had, they had me on, on, yeah, well, they had me on, on what, SIDS watch? Yeah. How long after I was born, like, did they grab me right away and start putting me in shit, or did you did you get to hold me for a while? I got to hold you for a while in the in the labor room, but yeah. then the next day when the other mothers got their baby, I didn't get mine. Why? Because you were in the isolation chamber. What they think was wrong with me? Uh, they because I don't remember something to do with the plug in your ear, and they send it away for a test, and if they told me that if it came back that you had something, an infection or whatever. Yeah. It could be too late to do something by then, so they had to already start giving you prophylactic, whatever. But that's just doc. That's just medical talk for getting drugs into you that you don't need. Right. And uh, as Nana it turned out, to spank it came me to result. No, you know, came she'd come back. in and like, well, I'll, I'll whip them into shape. If there's a problem, I'll spank them, and that'll. I'm just kidding. Now nah, it's not as funny to me. It came back that you didn't have anything. So right. all of the being in the the bassinet, not the bassinet, but the isolation chamber. Maybe that's where my anxiety came from. I'm I don't kidding. know. <laughs> I'm just joking. But it anyway, just, I, I just injected I me with drugs and fucked up my dopamine. Well, I have to say your dad came in handy there because they wouldn't answer my questions and they wouldn't tell me anything. So your dad threatened to kick the fucking window out of the nursery if they didn't give him some answers. So guess what? They gave him some answers. <laughs> oh, yeah? Sometimes, he said, I'm going to kick the window out yeah, of the nursery? And your dad looks crazy when he does stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes vinegar works better than honey. Okay. So, yeah. So they gave him answers after he threatened to do that. So, Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you had me. You had my brother. You guys split up. You moved. You moved to Ottawa. Now I know that you went to Ottawa. You at one point. We don't, I'm not trying to jump to that part of the story, but just helping me frame it. You know, we're almost at the two hour mark, so we might have to just be like, you know, this miracle entered your life. 
the other the other what was it the sequel and sequels are never as good as the original oh. right like we, <laughs> <laughs> the sequel's gonna be listening to this <clears throat> that's fine aaron this uh it's time you heard this you're 34 now uh i don't know how old aaron is no he's 30, how old are 30, you he'll be 30 34 in september i don't fucking he'll know i don't pay attention my age my age upsets me now uh <clears throat> yours must be devastating but <laughs> 150 um no the uh that's funny um ugh, i'm trying to think you had us you guys split up because that's this is the part of the story i know i know that when we were very young we moved to ottawa because ottawa is all i know people ask me all the time where where am i from and I, I tell them an honest answer which is probably unnecessary i should probably just say i'm from ottawa but I tell people all the time, I go, well, I was I was born in North Bay, but I moved to Ottawa when I was one. So Ottawa's up, like one or two. Ottawa's all I know. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I love my city. But uh, but you came here. It's got, I had to have been like probably at least closer to two because Aaron, wouldn't, Aaron wasn't born. And Aaron was born in North Bay as well, right? Yeah. He was one and you were three when we came here. <clears throat> so I'm just at the point where I'm starting to remember shit, yep. I guess. But you said I was I was walking at six, no, talking at six months? Walking at, uh, talking at six months and walking at nine. So I could talk before I could walk. Yeah, of course. Baba da boop, squeep. Is it the other way for most people? Isn't your kids started taking steps and then they start talking? Most kids are closer to a year before they're walking. And most kids are nine months before they start really putting words together. So you, So they do talk before they move. Mobility, yeah, I think so. Mobilities. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, so we moved to Ottawa because you wanted to seven up. Dad didn't, I guess, move back home with his folks. He was here on and off. Right. I came back here for two reasons. One was so that if you wanted to see your father, you could, and the other one was uh, so that I could go back to university and get an education, so I could afford to raise two kids. Right. So I went to Ottawa U. I had been previously to. Um, Carleton University and um, Ottawa agreed to take me for the co- for the the courses that I had taken at uh, at Carleton the journalism again so that I could <clears throat> I could put them Sorry. into my degree there not journalism because they don't teach not journalism. courses you're talking about credits credits but not journalism because they don't teach journalism but they let me right. have everything so else. what well, what were you taking at Ottawa U what did you what did you go take there what was I the took, new plan. I thought I might want to be, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, probation officer. For, for corrections? Yeah, for okay. kids. For kids. Like to turn 15-year-old kids around so they don't become criminals. Okay. And I thought I might <clears throat> want to do that um, because in Perry Sound, a 15-year-old kid doesn't kill people. But I had problems taking administration. I needed administration, law, and sociology. Right, and you went. I know you took. And sociology. I took sociology, and I turned out to be real good at it. And I couldn't get courses in law because the law department is all pricky, and they won't let you have law courses. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. No, Do you, try again? you used to go to the <laughs> law department. The, the law department's pricky, and they don't let you have courses. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they do. Otherwise, they no. If the you're not in the law. Faculty and you go to see them, they'd shut the window on you. Wouldn't even let you talk to them. They were. But how did you apply for the courses? I took the. They don't just shut the door on you when you try to apply. I took the sociology courses. I took the other things that I needed to do, but I couldn't take business business administration because most of the courses I needed were at night, and I had children, and there's no daycare children. And then the law course, I tried several years to get the damn law courses that I needed. And they would never let me 
because I wasn't part of the law faculty. So by then, I wasn't interested in doing this anymore anyway. So then I thought I might like to be a teacher and teach sociology. Mm -hmm. And there was only so many core places you could teach this, Thunder Bay, Western, and so I ended up thinking about doing that, but I never went. Well, what did you what did you complete while you were at Ottawa U? Because I do remember that when Aaron and I were very very young, you were you were in school. You I got were, two degrees: <clears throat> uh, sociology and mm-hmm. women's studies. Women's studies, yeah. Two did, degrees. Were you able to figure them out? Yeah. Women. Women, yeah, I was able to figure. You them figured out. out women. Some bus driver told me that you know, women. You know how much money you'd be a millionaire right now if you could put the pen to paper yeah. and put some because you know that's that's the one question that Sigmund Freud couldn't answer. Did you know that? With everything he's taught about psychology, the one question he couldn't answer is what do women want? Yeah, well, he was a lying son of a bitch too. So. How do you know that? You didn't know. That's he me. came up with a theory <clears throat> that these women that were coming to see him that were catatonic and everything were having. Uh, were being raped by their fathers. And when he presented that to the medical school, they said, you can't say that. You're going to have to change that. So he changed that to girls were having fantasies about being raped by their father. Do you know how far he set women behind doing that? Quite a long way. Well, okay, fair enough. I mean, it's not an ends justifies means, but it sounds like he was trying to actually present... Well, Freudian psychology is only one of 250 different kinds of psychology, not the best in my opinion, but that's the one that the medical, uh, the medical Well, he's the one responsible for the Oedipus, Oedipus complex, is he not? Yep. Saying that, that guys want to find a woman who's, they don't, people summarize and go, he says all guys want to fuck their mother. That's not what he was saying. He's saying that guys want to find a woman who's like their mother. Well, apparently they he had an Oedipus complex with his mother. That wouldn't surprise me. So I think, he I, think was I, judging, I think that there's a lot of truth to that because when you look at women, he you, was like judging that, by like, his own yardstick. Mm-hmm. That's sure, what he and was it's doing. hard for people to distance themselves from themselves when they're when they're doing things. I, I'm not trying to give him credit. I don't know a whole lot about his work, but I'm just I, I just found that to be a funny thing for a guy who's so recognized as being so good about psychology to not be able to answer the question. Well, I just thought it was funny when you're like, you fig- I, you did women's studies, like, you figure them out. Be, it depends pay, on pay who you ask. Money. It depends on who you ask whether they think Freud's good or not. Fair. Well, like I said, you have a degree in sociology, which is not, that's not psychology. That's just human interaction. It's another studies. social science. Right. It's human, right? Sociology is human interaction to, a, to an extent. Groups. Psy- <laughs> psychology is human interactions on an individual level. I thought it was on an intellectual. I thought psychology was how the brain works, not necessarily interaction. Yes, that's a part of it. People study the physical brain in it as well, mm-hmm. but it's about individuals as opposed to groups. Okay. Sociology is, sociology is about groups. Fair enough. Okay, so you got your degrees. Do you remember how old Aaron and I were when you got your degrees? Probably about six and eight because I couldn't take you to any kind of a valedictory or whatever you call it, a graduation. Right. Because we only got two seats. Right, yeah, two And kids. I had two kids that couldn't be left alone in seats. Right. So I couldn't go. So I didn't go oh, to it. I'm sorry you missed out. But I did graduate from college a few years later, about five years later, and I got three seats. Yeah, I remember that. And you <laughs> and a friend, <laughs> Elaine, and you two boys. Yeah, and I remember wishing I couldn't that. go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I, I listen, I'm proud of you now, but that shit's boring for you know, a 10-year-old. Sit there. Uh, you know what, Mary, I'm a bad person. Who knows? 
I'm listen. I'm proud of all the things you accomplished that you did nothing with. Um, listen, <laughs> I'm just joking, mom. You work for the government. God damn it. Do you know how many different kinds of degrees work for the government? Almost, of course, nobody is working them. in the in the That's thing they I wanted get to work. So in. many laughs whenever people are like, "I'm taking such and such." I'll talk to students when I'm doing shows, and I'll be like, "What are you? What are you taking?" They go, "This and that." I'm getting my my degree in blah blah blah, and then I'll turn around and I'll go, uh, "Hey, how many people here with uh, a degree in something?" And they all clap and I go, "How many of them actually using that degree for the job they have now?" And it's like. 10% and that's being very generous. But you can take whatever <clears throat> you want. If you want to work with the government, you take any degree at all because mm-hmm. the only reason you're taking that degree is because it's project management. Getting that degree and getting all your deadlines accomplished and finishing the degree with no one standing over you with a stick is project management and that's what they do in the government. Yeah. So that's why people have theater degrees. Because well, I don't think they have theater. Have I don't think degree. that they have theater degrees because they wanted a government job. I could be wrong. I I could be wrong, but I think people have theater degrees because they had hopes and dreams, and then they have a government job because uh, it's really money. hard. Well, yes, you need money. No, no question about it. And I won't. I won't keep you. I joke with this is something. This is a conversation you and I have had a million times. But just for sake of, of the the podcast, there's lots of people who get a degree in something. I think that a big misconception is people think that all you need is to get the education in something and then you're going to get a job in it. I think that the the amount of human beings that know that you can't just get a degree and now it means that you get a job. It's it's similar with stand-up comedy. A lot of people think that all they have to be is funny and they're going to be on TV shows and, and festivals and all these things. And it's like, no, you being funny is part of it, but it's actually a very small part. It has to be in how much you hustle and how much you try and how much you contact all the comments it's just like it's just like coming out of school with a degree you you have the degree great now you have to look for every job in that field you have to apply to every job in that field you have to keep trying with something like art you know like dramatic arts and theater and all that you got to keep doing it and you got to do it for free until someone's willing to pay for it just like being a musician or a painter or a comedian or whatever Excuse me. So I just, I think that, and and you and I both know people who've spent their entire lives going to school and going back to school and going back to school. And, and they basically, somebody said this to me a long time, a very long time ago, is that some people are professional students. And what they mean by that is not that it's somebody who just loves to learn, is it's somebody who hides from life in school. Because while you're in school, there really isn't any expectation that you need to have a career or be accomplished because you're in school, right? Like I'm not, I'm learning. I'm, I don't need to be doing those things. So <clears throat> you don't I, have to pay back your loan. What's that? You don't have to pay back your loan while you're in school. Okay. Well that, then there you go. There's just another thing, but that made sense to me. Cause I was like, you know what? There are, I know people who, who, who go to school and then go back to school and then go back to school and, you know, they come out and they don't get a job right away. So they're like, Oh, all right, back to school for something else. So it's, it's, that's the thing. When you're a student there, you have a, at least you have a structure, right? You know, if you get up every day and you have to go out and look for a job yourself and try to figure out new places that are hiring where your field is and all this shit, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's, you know, you kill, well, I don't, I don't know what to do next. And I don't know. It's not the, the, the thing with school is it's like, it's safe in the sense that they tell you where to be. They tell you what to do. They tell you what your homework is. There's a schedule. So all you have to do is show up and, and pay attention. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot that that you have to do for yourself. I know that sounds stupid and oversimplified, and, I, and I'm not really exactly behind the words that I'm saying necessarily. But is it making sense what I'm saying, though, Mom? Like, and the idea is that if it, if 
the difference between being in school and then being outside of school with your degree is that when you're in school, you know what work you have to do exactly because they tell you, read this chapter, write this paper, structure it this way. You know, I'm not saying that there's no work involved. I'm saying that you know what to do. Whereas when you come out of school, you don't have, your teacher doesn't hand you a list of places that are hiring with their phone numbers and exactly who to contact and exactly what you need to put on your resume or whatever. They might give you some advice, but the idea is once you have that degree, now you're on your own. Yeah, but in community colleges, they do more of that. Oh, I'm sure they do. And I'm sure that they have connections. No. Well, and that's the whole idea with co-op is that now that now the whole idea of going and, and spending some of your time working at a place and getting your, your getting hands experience. dirty and getting experience, yeah, is that you're you're learning how to do it and you are making connections now. But I'm saying that some some fields it's not that easy. You come out and now it's up to you to go knock metaphorically, theoretically or not theoretically, but metaphorically knock on doors and start given your name and trying to get interviews and things like that. So I just, I, I found that with, with, there's a lot of people, it's easier for them to go back to the thing where they know where they're supposed to be every day and they're do, they're told what it is they have to do as opposed to doing it themselves. Well, probably some <clears throat> of them should have considered becoming a teacher and staying in that environment, but didn't. And yeah, well, that's that's definitely a way to be where you know somewhere where you, where you know the structure and, and you're comfortable with it. Regardless, I'm not shitting on anyone who's doing it. I'm just saying that's that's one of those things. I think coming out of school is is one of the scariest parts of life for a lot of people i think because whether you went directly to post secondary after you graduate or not grad yeah graduate high school right a lot of people go right from high school to university people say take a year off and backpack but even then that's not overly scary only in the sense that you know that next year you're going back to school so your life still has structure and direction but the whole idea that like once you come out of school like that's it for the the template you're a grown up now <clears throat> yeah it's that, uh, what is it? Was it Churchill that said, you know, it's not the end, it's not the beginning of the end, but it may be the end of the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like now the tutorial is over, now go do it. And you're like, uh, oh fuck, oh fuck. And, and it's, it's kind of, uh, I mean, things are changing, I guess, but there's still a very large level of sink or swim. Um, Anyways, not, not to go too far into that. I'm reminded of- a, For those a, who don't have people already paving the way for them. Right, of course. Well, that's the thing is everybody has the the advantages and disadvantages, but but effectively, even the ones who have the ones paving the way, the idea is still that you don't know. Like you're almost like, oh, well, this person's telling me to go do this and I can try that. And that's also the first time where you decide whether or not you want to keep letting other people tell you what to do or if you want to go do it for yourself. I think that's the same decision, whether you're in school having people tell you or you're having your parents tell you, okay, well, now you're going to come work at the family law firm or you're going to go, you know, I've got you an interview at this place. Like some people just do, do get to that point where they go, I don't want to do what other people are telling me to do. I want to live my own life. I think that's a struggle for some. But again, we're not we're not going too far into that. I just I found it interesting. So you got you got the degrees. After you got your degrees, you know, I'm trying to make it about you. And I and it's we're we're past the two hour mark now. So I'm not trying to kill my listeners. I don't know if anyone's still listening. I hope that this is sort of interesting and and entertaining. I'm trying to now that I exist in the story, this is the good part. <laughs> But uh, the idea is, I remember, you know, growing up with you, you were very outgoing. I remember you being very, very funny. Forgot and about very... all the activism. No, I, so I don't want to talk about that. That's boring. We can oh, talk about it. I used it. to take you with me. I don't, I, I remember little things, but not, not in a, not an endearing. And I need to be honest with you. I don't think it's anything. I think that gets way too political. And well, my first cause was. 
<laughs> so you're just going to go into it anyways? Yeah. First cause was animals. The next cause was Native Amer- Americans, Native Canadians. Aboriginals. Then women. When I found out that women maybe didn't do as well as at my family, which was matriarchal. Do you know what the current uh, disability name is for women? What do they call that now? I know there was Aboriginals. It wasn't Natives. Disability. I'm, it's a joke, Mom. Uh, see, that's how I know you're not that funny. And when you need jokes explained, <laughs> I'm, uh, listen, I'm just joking. Listen, um, <laughs> Hey, Hey, listen here, toots. I'll, uh, I'll tell you a thing or two. What I'm, what I'm saying is, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, why don't I summarize it for people like this? When we were young and when you were still in school and coming out of school, you had a lot of passions. So rather than telling me your causes, cause I remember you got into politics m- many times in and out, you either campaigned for other people. And at one point you actually even campaigned for office yourself, though. I don't know if, if going into detail on that stuff would be particularly um, interesting, even though I know we talked about lots of stuff that may or may not be interesting. What I, what I can ask you is why, why did you get interested in causes? Why did causes become something that was so important to you? Because I was brought up that if if you see something wrong and you don't do something to stop it, you're just as much a part of it as the people who are doing something wrong. <laughs> and I, that I really you, thought I was done. You could that. change. One person can change things, and so I was brought up knowing that. And so whenever I saw something I wanted to change, I got involved. So I got involved with with natives. I got involved with the women's movement. I've been involved in politics. I've been involved in social justice, environmental causes. And how many of you changed that you got interested in? Well, <laughs> Sorry. the big thing is full of a bunch of little people like me. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I'm just I'm just teasing. I'm I'm happy for you. You. Uh, I started a humane society in Perry Sound. Is that good? That's enough? great. That's great. That was back in nineteen seventy two. Seventy two. And what have you done lately? Um, I'm just joking. L- 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 I'll give you credit for this. You instilled in me a sense of um, of speaking out against injustices. So if anything, uh, I've got a platform, many platforms now, where I, I speak out against injustices and. Uh, only on a small scale, like spanking your kids for no reason. I, I really, <laughs> we bring it full circle, mom. We bring it full circle on the podcast. I, I think that maybe, uh, it's too bad. I couldn't invite you to my podcast and put it on the other your side. podcast would just be, I, you know what? It's funny. I joked with you in the car months ago about this. I said, your podcast would just be the same story every fucking week. <laughs> and you laughing at your government jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing now, but you won't let me have it. That's fine. I don't care. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, I, I I got that. When we were young, you did a lot of you did a lot of stuff. Not just not just protesting and speaking out and activism and stuff like that, but you you um you got Aaron and I into French immersion uh, immersion daycare. Now you were talking about not having French and being in Ottawa. Were you having doors closed? on you and that's why you thought it would be important for Aaron and I to have the French no everybody told me that you had to be bilingual to work in Ottawa and I wanted you to have that opportunity yeah that's how I've always told people I said my mom thought Ottawa was a city where you need to know French and she didn't want us to have the disadvantage I spoke French but we didn't (coughs) we didn't get French until grade nine and we had English people teach us French our our top French teacher in our high school would say 
de quel couleur est-ce sa belle? And, so, and she taught us French. It said what? What language were you just speaking? French. What was the quote? It's like... De quel uh, couleur est-ce what? De quel couleur est-ce ce bal? Bal? What's a bal? Bal. Bal? Bal. There you go. Well, it was all English, <laughs> and, and English voiceover shit. Oh, you got lucky, mom. Who'd you know? De <laughs> quel and that's too much. I call it the Joe Clark School of French. Can, can I? <laughs> yeah, there's a dated reference. <laughs> Ed Broadbent, is that better? No, none of them are very recent. <laughs> All right, how about the Jean Chrétien School of English? No, do you know how long ago he was prime minister? Just out of curiosity, do you know what year it is right now? <laughs> Hold on. All right, I got gotcha. Jean Chrétien. Okay, that's uh, 20 years ago. Um <laughs> Oh, uh, mom. Your French is okay, though, eh? Uh, actually, just a fun little... Much, uh, Crystal was saying the other day how good your French is. She said she's very impressed with your French. When I try, yeah. Why don't you try more often? I don't... I went to a school. I went to a school to get my my language level. And I had a guy in there. And every time I said something wrong, he smacked the table. And I got where I didn't want to open my mouth anymore, so... Yeah, that's not very positive. No. I used to say things like usuellement instead of habituellement. And I would say anyway because all the French people I talked to said that. Well, they're speaking franglais. I know, it. but it's okay for them. And they would say to me, don't speak to other secretaries, speak to officers. Well, officers don't have time to talk officers, to secretaries. Sorry, what are you talking about? Instead of talking to the secretaries, I was supposed to talk to people higher up. You're saying you're in up. language school, so you gotta, you got to give context of what you're talking about. The teacher told me when I go back to work to talk to people higher above me than secretaries, which are my level. Oh, this is once you got a government job? No, this is what he told me to mm -hmm. do to practice my French. Right, but where were you working? You're talking about secretaries and officers. I was working in the government, Right, so that's what I'm saying. You already course. had a government job taking courses right you have to understand that in terms of them listening to a story for you to just say i talked to a guy who told me to go back and talk to secretaries and officers someone might go oh where did you work where there's officers is there police is there so you have to give context otherwise people don't know what you're talking about that's i i didn't understand what you were saying i thought i'm thinking early on when you first started looking for work and maybe you had issues with french i that's why it's i ask um so what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the first time Aaron and I saw you banging? You want to talk about that life oh. lesson that we got? No? Not necessarily. Not you necessarily? You want to talk about it? Because it's all in your do mind. You, you don't, you, it's all in my mind? Yeah. You don't remember it? No, I don't. Are you repressing it? Most you, of the time I never had guys in when you were around. Oh, are you worried that this story makes it seem like you are you were like, no, I've, I've told people all the time, like, you don't even masturbate. <laughs> you don't even Jesus masturbate. Christ, is there anything you don't talk about? Is there anything it? you don't want me to talk about? Is anything off limits? You're pretty. You're a pretty open book. That's where I get it from. Do you well, have anything? I don't know why your fucking audience would give a shit about somebody else funny. masturbating. The concept that somebody would look their mother in the eye and be like, "You don't even jerk off." The chick version. Sorry, is there? Do women have a politically correct version? What do they call it? I don't know what you're talking about. Pluck it. Masturbating. Women masturbating. They call it plucking the pedals. I don't know. Or something? We don't get together and discuss it. Well, actually, I, you'd be surprised, but women actually love talking about sex stuff together and whatnot. Yeah, but not technical stuff. <laughs> technical. 
I lost the instructions for my. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Did you guys get it? <laughs> Back then, did they give you instructions? Now this thing's going to look a little funny. You might oh, not know didn't. how to use it. Did your mom ever give you a sex talk? Yeah, but not technical. What did she say? Do you remember? Well, they just tell you that, you know, you're going to get on, they. I know. I don't know what they. I don't know back then. I want to know what you were told. Because I'll tell you the talk that you gave me and Aaron after we saw what we saw. But go ahead. What were, what were you told from your mom? Not the back then. When people fall in love, they want to have sex and they, you know, <laughs> blah, blah. That's what you remember. When people fall in love, they want to have sex, yeah, blah, you blah. You had to be in love. And you didn't definitely didn't do it before you were married. Because then you'd be left alone. So was your mom and you'd 50? you'd be a slut. Nobody would want oh you. Oh, my God. So she shamed you. Everybody did that for 10,000 oh years. Oh, my God. It's brutal. So your mom never had sex until she met your father at the ripe old age of 53? No. She was 39 and he was 42. Oh, okay, okay. That's still gross. <laughs> he was 42. Was he a virgin? I think so, yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. My fucking okay. So now that you guys are hearing so much of my family history, do I make more sense now? How crazy I am, and what's wrong with me? No, I wasn't asking you. You're too nuts to know for sure, anyways. Um, so you got that talk. So I'll I'll tell the story. Hopefully, anyone who's still here two hours and eleven minutes into this podcast, which I think now makes this officially the longest podcast I've ever done. Um, Boring. Yeah, no shit. But you finally—that's what it is. You're scrap it. That's what I do. You scrap it. Scrap it. You're not going to, you telling me I published this, you're not going to tell everyone you know to listen to it? No. Why? It's boring. It's not you, funny. It's your life. It's Well, you're asking me set questions and well, what you do don't want to talk about anything. What do you want to talk, talk about? about you wanna, so. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, there's a lot of funny shit that went on and you're <laughs> totally ignoring I'm it. I'm not ignoring it. I asked, I brought up the funny, listen, I'm bringing up the funny things that you have chosen to tell me about your life, which is that, that dictionary joke when you were in high school. And as far as I know, nothing funny ever happened to you before that <laughs> or since until 1983. <laughs> now, this is not my choice. I remembered the one funny thing that you told me. So I, I'm, I'm not making your life boring. I'm just saying your life isn't boring. By the way, where you come from, the lessons you learned, the people who raised you, all that kind of experiences. Name one biography story where people didn't talk about their parents, talk about their upbringing, all that shit. That's what we're talking about. I'm not I'm not making your life boring. Maybe just talking about your whole life at once, you're like, fuck, this is boring. Well, it's never too late to dust off the old vagina and get back out there and start making new... I'm just kidding, mom. You look pissed off now, and that's fine. I'm okay with it. I feel better. Um, look, before this thing completely goes off the rails... It's gone off the rails long ago. You think so? Yeah. Well, let's let's give some, somebody something, a funny story. Before, before we the go. questions? Maybe they've got something better. To oh, that's about. right. I was almost going to wrap this up without even, but you know what? In terms of the timeline, we're so not even close to where these questions take place. Um, but I will, I will bring them up. Um, so let me, let me tell a funny story. Hopefully getting, getting things into the, the thing here. Maybe they've skipped forward. You know what? Whatever. It's free. You know what? You don't, you can have your fucking money back. What'd you pay for this podcast? Everybody, you know, I love you. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the fact that I'm, I'm learning some shit about you that I never, uh, you just like torturing me. I'm not torturing you. Yeah, you do. No, I'm, I said, I'm not torturing you. Um, what I like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the question. One of them got, uh, got texted in you, um, 
Aaron, I remember one night. So you, okay, let's, let's, okay, let's frame it. Let's frame it properly. Um, when we were growing up, you didn't date a lot. And I remember that, like, I remember, so here's a couple things, uh, just because of our dynamic when we were growing up, um, I used to think that like when people said they were born in Ottawa and we lived here, I was like, really? Like you didn't, you weren't born something else and moved to Ottawa. You know, kids think weird things. Like you said, what you have in your life, you feel like everyone has. When we came here, one in four families came from somewhere else. Yeah, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is as, as, as a kid, the concept that someone was born in the same city that they live in, you know, it's like uh, fucking dinosaurs where you're born and the elder gives you a name. It's like, that's what I thought. It's like you're born and then they tell you where to go live. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was, I wasn't born in the same city I live in. So the idea that someone else was born in the same city was, was weird to me. All right. That's all I'm saying. So we, you were divorced. You and dad were divorced when Aaron and I were growing up. So to me, single parent, you know, having, having the dad around all the time was not, uh, like that was, uh, was uncommon. That was odd to me, you know, and dad was not really around. Like he would always live just far enough that he could visit us occasionally, but not, not frequently. Like how often when we were, let's say let's say up to like eight years old or whatever. How long do you think, how often do you think we saw dad? Once every few months, maybe? Well, for a while he tried doing the once a week for a while when he was married to Cheryl. Yeah, but that that's weird. We're already at like 10, eight or 10 years old at that point. So what I'm saying is like, if you averaged it out, we saw our dad once every few months, right? And for what, a couple of days, a weekend maybe? A weekend. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying that you were all we knew. So when you were when you were dating, and that was very infrequent because you were working, you were going to school, so you didn't really have time for a relationship. You know what I mean? And it's not like you were just like going out trying to get fucked because you were pretty ethical. Like I said, as much as it sounds gross to say, you know, you were the kind of person. Like I mean, obviously this would make sense in it saying now. I've told people this before, just in conversation. Right, because other people joke about when they're kids or whatever, they're finding their mom's dildos or vibrators, which I can imagine being a horrifying fucking experience. We, you, you never had anything like that. Nope. You know what I mean? And you told us that you know you didn't you didn't touch yourself or do any of that stuff because you were raised that that was dirty. You know, and that Make you don't you go insane. Is that what they? Is that what your mom told you? So, for all the bad things that she did to you, the one thing that I could definitely like. <laughs> basically be comfortable with was the fact that I know that you weren't in the other room ever touching yourself or something like that. Like growing up, I could, I could live basically. I think that as soon as your mom fingers herself in a house, it's haunted. <laughs> so I felt very comfortable that all the houses we were, in were not haunted because my mom wasn't getting herself off in the other room. I wasn't going to accidentally look for spare change in a drawer and come across a big purple dildo or something like that. To oh. Scare the shit out of myself. But you were always very open. Um, I guess this would be later on in life. So here's the thing. This was the sex talk that we got. And I'll, I'll, I'll point it. You had, I can remember two, um, long relationships since, since I was a kid. I know. And then I think maybe two, maybe two other people that you dated. Like you weren't, you've spent the vast majority of the time that I've known you single, you know, and not really trying to date or anything like that. I think the last one I can remember was like maybe 14 or 15, but um, I remember your first long-term boyfriend, um, you guys were, uh, we, we were very open to our house. Like, I mean, obviously just the way I'm talking to you right now, I think people can tell that we're pretty open. We have a relationship where we can be pretty open with each other and talk about stuff. Um, we had an open door policy 
in the house. You know, we peed with the bathroom door open, whatever. Not that I don't know, whatever. Everyone's gonna think we're fucking weirdos. The point is, is that one night I think it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you remember that you because it was only where we lived, there was only two bedrooms, right? And Aaron had one room. I had actually we had bunk beds, and I don't know what the fuck was going on in the front room. But you used to sleep on a on a a, a mattress that you got. In, in the living room. I think that's where the TV was, whatever. And or maybe that I was in the bedroom. At yeah. The front. And I think that you were, you would be up late studying or something. So you were, you were at the other side of the apartment so that you weren't waking Aaron and I up or whatever. But I remember one night Aaron and I woke up and we heard the sounds and you let me know as soon as this, this becomes a story you remember in your head too. Cause you're like, Oh, it's all in your head. It's a real thing that happens. I have the mental scars to fucking prove it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Anyways, <laughs> we heard the, you know, uh, uh, sounds and Aaron and, and I like woke up. I don't think we woke up. Sometimes we were in bunk beds. So one of us woke the other one up no, or, or, or we, or I think we both actually woke up and it was like, you know, got out of bed and we were like, uh, so we walked from the bedroom down the hall through the kitchen and we stood in the back doorway and the TV was on casting. <laughs> That's the only light that was out of the room. And you guys were on the, on the mattress. Um, ugh, it just makes me puke to think of it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. You guys were, were, uh, I guess doggy style and you were hunched over. You were almost in like child's pose to put it in yoga terms, except you had your hands like over the back of your head. So you're hunched over in a ball, like duck and cover position ever remember doing that just just no but you're on your knees hands over your head and and ron's behind you now we couldn't see thank christ we couldn't see the actual like ground zero of where everything was happening but we saw that he was behind you and what it looked like he was doing was like rubbing himself up and down your back and we didn't know that it was it was something was going in it just looked like he was rubbing it up and down on your butt basically <laughs> So Aaron and I were like, we, we, we walked into the doorway and you guys are there and we were like, oh, what's going, like pretending to be waking up and we're like, what's going on? And you didn't hear anything and he didn't hear anything. And both of you guys are grown making sex sounds. And we were like, we tried again, making our, what's going on? And you guys didn't hear us. And then we were just standing in the doorway giggling afterwards because we had no fucking idea what was going on. And, um, I, I remember at one point you didn't hear us make the noise. You didn't hear us giggling. So we just turned, <laughs> turned around and went back to bed. We didn't, I don't think I, either one of us was like, well, let's go over and tap them on the shoulder. <laughs> Cause that probably would have scarred you guys more than, than us. But this was the, this was the sex talk that Aaron and I got the next day when we said to you in daylight, what was happening last night? <laughs> and your explanation was, because I think that you thought we saw it and understood it. So we were like, what was happening last night? And all that you addressed was the noises you were making. You know what I mean? And this is what you said. You can laugh right into the microphone so they don't think I'm fucking ruining your life right now. This is what you said. <laughs> that <laughs> happened a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> you said... You know when you're on a roller coaster and you scream and it makes you feel better? Do you remember saying that? <laughs> yeah. That was that was the sex talk that you gave Aaron and I. And we just looked at each other going, I don't know what part of what was going on there was a roller coaster, but I wouldn't want a big hairy Italian guy rubbing his penis on my ass. I don't care what makes it feel better. I don't think screaming. And that was that was the sex talk. And of course, as years went on. 
you know, you were more open about sex and you were more open about the fact that, hey, you know what? You know, I I don't need a a, a shitty relationship as much as I need sex. So you kind of just swore off dudes. You were ahead of the curve because now uh, the whole movement is that men are the worst. So you were you were you were ahead you of the don't game. Don't give kids more information than they're asking for. Yeah, that's your fucking policy. That's for no, sure. No, you don't. You have you have lots of different talks with them over the years, but you don't tell them more than what they're asking. Well, because then you're telling them more than what they ask to know. Well, and to be honest with you, since we've gotten older, you've been more of a you know I barely want to tell you the answer to the question you are asking. Um, <laughs> but in the nature of that, so that was that was funny. I actually told that story once on uh, once on stage, and it got a good story. It got a good laugh because oh. My mom was trying to check the time and she turned Siri on. Um, I think the, the idea with that story when we told it was just that people, I, I was trying to say like, that's that's the scars I have from walking in. I was telling them how you don't have a, a dildo or vibrator. Hats off to you for that. Have you reconsidered? Oh, you know why I told that joke on stage? Because I considered, I, I was saying I want to be a good son and get you a gift. And I thought that since it's been so many years since you've had sex that I would like to get you like a gigolo, like a professional hooker. How do you feel about that? Pool boy. Pool, pool boy? Four that's right. Pool boy is your... No, four, four of them. That's greedy. I think you start with one and you work your way up. No, you need four to carry you around in a sedan chair. No, but I'm talking about sex, mom. It's been like oh. God knows how long since... Do you ever want it? No. <laughs> I'm not offering. <laughs> All I'm saying is I, I would think anybody who, who's been like 20 years without sex or whatever... I don't know if it's... Oh, fuck. Wow, it's getting close to that long. Jesus. Oh, way more than 20 years. No, I was 15 when you were with uh, George. So it's it's not been... And I'm 35, so it's... Tw- but 20 years is still a long fucking time. So all I'm saying is... I remember at one point I was thinking like, that would be a good son gift. And what son has got the 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 fortitude and the fucking, you know, the wherewithal who, who could basically get past the stigmas of like, am I getting my mom? Like that's, I thought that would be a nice gift to get you. I'd be like, I'm going to get you a prostitute that will, that will give you some loving. Right. And then I was like, or maybe I could just get you like a dildo or a vibrator, but you were taught that that was dirty. Right. So that you could just have a little bit of sunshine. Who do you talk to afterwards with a dildo and a vibrator? You know, okay, fair. There you go. Who do you talk to? Yeah. But you talk to people all the time. You're not missing conversation. You're missing... I'm just saying after sex, it's nice to talk to somebody, but with that, you don't, right? Right. So why would you? You can talk to Siri or you can FaceTime with someone. (laughs) What you do is you find another person who's using a flashlight or something. Anyways. Sad. (laughs) I think so. But hey, I mean, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I am a, I masturbate. And, uh, oh, I would know about that. I'm, yeah, I'm getting pretty good at it. That's why we had to hide the vibrators. Oh, there's a funny story. See, I'm up for telling them. I I forgot about that. But here's the thing: we're at two hours and a half right now, so I'm gonna try to close this off at you three scrap hours. Scrap the whole thing, and we start with another one that's funnier. No, this is getting to know you. This is getting to know. Listen, you you are funny, I'm and a lot funnier than this one. Well, this is who, this is your upbringing. This is your life before me. I told you, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. It gets good after me, right? That's where you get all the best stories. <laughs> I'm only kidding in case anyone thinks I'm that serious. But I mean, I also don't know all the stories. That's why I'm asking you. If I ask you a question about your upbringing and you answer it and it's not funny, that's not my fault. I wasn't there. 
I was still swimming around in dad's balls for the longest time, trying to make shit go on, you know, <laughs> go good for you. Can you imagine? I'm the one that beat all the other sperm. You ever meet somebody incredibly stupid? Um, obviously, you work in the government, but I mean, like, do you ever meet someone incredibly stupid and go, how stupid were the other sperm that didn't make it? Like where you were the best, like you gotta wonder about that. Millions and millions, that was the best one. Like how many of them were just- the Fastest one. I don't know. Maybe fastest, fastest, but you'd think that like it was fast and was doing circles like little loops like Eugene Levy from Best of Show. <laughs> it's the fastest one, but it looped its way there. Anyways, uh, what I'm getting at is uh, maybe we'll do like a, another part to this episode. So- I have introduced for Mother's Day my mom, and maybe maybe uh, this was supposed to be like a little treat for them for one year, <laughs> one year anniversary of podcast. This this episode will probably cost me more listeners than anybody else. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I I still enjoy spending time with you. I like learning. You told me some stories I'd never heard before, which is nice because to be honest with you, you you have told me the same stories for like the last thirty years. I've heard some stories so many times that I'm just like, yeah, I know it. But you've told me a few things I didn't know before, like. Uh, Back in your day, you used to, to to get monkey blood to get pregnant, and you'd shoot piss into a rabbit to find out if you were pregnant. This sounds like weird fucking witch doctor dancing around a campfire. Oh, there's the seances or whatever. Not seances. The the rituals with other people that we did in the fucking house. I have a lot of fucking scars in my psyche oh, from, from the things say. that you did, Mom. You're crazy. But without further ado... Just because people did send in questions, my my mom is an, is a, a great sport for all of this. Um, I can imagine some of you just being mortified if someone were to ask you some of these questions, and to of course, you know, make jokes about it afterwards. So I do love you very much, mom, and I appreciate your good sense of humor um, in answering some of these questions. Um, so if anyone did enjoy this, maybe maybe people enjoyed it more. Maybe they were like, "Holy fuck, that was really cool that you guys talked about that shit and got deep and." You know, that you're still laughing about it. Um, but for now, um, my mom has also, you know, been the, the number one supporter of my stand-up comedy. And, uh, you know, maybe if I'd sat down and structured some questions. But I, I, I'm really happy that this little piece of you exists in the world now. It's kind of like a little two and a half hour journal of some of the things that you went through. You know, just this is just getting to, you know young and I, I haven't even figured out how to not be completely obnoxious at this part of the story where I'm young and, and walking in on sex and telling stupid jokes. And we'll tell the, we'll tell the vibrator story uh, next time. This was a muscle vibrator, by the way, but it's actually a particularly funny story. And you know what? Um, if you guys haven't enjoyed anything that I've said so far, and if you're still listening and haven't enjoyed, that's on you. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd turn off the color purple or whatever the fuck. I'm trying to think of a boring ass long movie. I'm judging a movie I've never seen. Basically, what's what's a long ass movie that 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 a guy would find boring, Mom? Something with Meryl Streep, I assume. Uh, Gone with the Wind. Okay, there you go. And it's a long one, right? Four hours. Long. Yeah. So if you're three and a half hours to Gone with the Wind, and you're going, "Fuck, I really hope this thing turns a corner sometime soon." <laughs> I, I'm just saying at this point, it's on you. So if you guys want to hear. The next podcast, if I ever do another part two with my mom, it can actually start with some fun stuff. It start start with some funny stories of growing up with me and stuff like that. But um, you've been a good sport, mom, so far. So what I'm going to do is, uh, my mom has also been a part of 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 my friends. You guys have listened to the episode with Jimmy and Meek and my two best friends. Um, we had lots of fun stuff with them. My uh, 
my lady, uh, my ex lady there. Uh, that's a weird thing to call her. Crystal. I don't, I don't know what to call her. She's my friend. Crystal, when her and I were together, I mean, she knew you when her and I dated when we were 12. She's known you, you know, you guys have been very, very close when her and I were together. You're still close now. Um, I want to start by asking you a question that Crystal sent in um, because she said, uh, I'm just trying to find it here. It was via text. Oh, come on. How did I lose it already? Say something funny, mom, while I'm looking. Want me to sing? No, I said say something funny. You don't sing. <laughs> don't uh, sing because you won't let me sing. You can, Okay, here we go. Question for mom. When did you first feel that you were a comedian? I mean, Josh clearly was influenced at a young age. So in terms of you being funny and feeling like you were funny, when did you start to get that impression? I was in grade 12 in English class, and we were taking the tragic play called... Um, Salem, is it? I don't know. Uh, what was the play called? I think it was Salem. Anyway, I played a black slave called okay. Tituba. Okay. And when I did the story, it's not Salem's Lot. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Anyway, um, it was about the witch trials in Salem. Okay. And I played... Uh, you, and you remember the name of the character's name is Tidaba? Yep, slave. And she was sort of dabbled a little bit in the black arts, and she was telling these kids about the devil. The and Salem Witchcraft and Papers? Does that make sense? No, that's not the one. It's a play, but I'll try and come up with the name later. It's, in it's okay. I'm, I'm trying to find that for you right now because I know how I get Tituba, slave character. Uh, character analysis to about the Reverend Paris's slave. Is that the one? That's right. Is a woman from Brad Raiders practices what the Puritans view as black magic. Of course, she mainly does this because the con conniving Abigail manipulates her into doing it. The Crucible is what yes, it's, it's called. called. The Crucible, but it was about Salem witch trials. Okay. Anyway, I played this character, and we used to have a character on TV called Flip Wilson. He used to do um, a girl called Geraldine. Okay. And he had a certain voice, and I'm not even sure if I can do it anymore, but he'd go, you lie, devil, you lie. And you brought that and character And I brought that into, into, the TV, into the play, and the teacher had us play it over and over and over, the same scene, because she was sitting behind her book laughing her ass off. And Oh, she made you do it again in the funny way. Over and over and I over. Thought, yeah. I thought your way of, of, of rebelling against having to do it over and over and over again was no, to... No, I... I was being funny, and then, of course, you always have the class clowns. Okay. One of which was your cousin Beth's husband, John McIsaac. He was one of the funny ones in the class. Anyway, because I was being funny, they started being funny, too. And she had us, for four days in a row, play the same part of the play in the class because it was funny. Mm -hmm. And... I started to realize that I could make people laugh because mm -hmm. up until then I'd been kind of shy. Right. And I started to realize that I could make people laugh. Mm -hmm. And as I did more and more of it, I started to realize that laughter can be both a shield mm -hmm. and a sword. Okay. So you can say poignant, powerful things, but make people laugh so they can accept them. And you can say sarcastic and mean but funny things to smarten people up when they say something bad. Well, to the you. idea is that that humor makes an idea or information accessible. Yeah, 
because if you're laughing at it, it's not as scary. Like you can take a serious idea and make someone listen to it. But if it was like, okay, sit down and listen to this hour long lecture about something then people are going to go, well, I don't want to do that. But if you're like, Hey, come see this comedy show for an hour. And this comics theme is all about, you know, religion or something horrible, but it makes you laugh every now and again, at least you're more interested in sitting down and listening to well, it. Well, when you're being sarcastic with people, it's more effective when it's funny. Right. And when somebody's saying things to you and what you do is be funny with them back, mm-hmm. You actually win the points for being funny at the same time as coming up with your point. Right. Because people laugh and have a tendency to go with the person who made them laugh. Right. So anyway, that's that's when I noticed in grade 12. And so that's when you started enjoying just the teacher told my mother at parents' night that she never she never laughed as hard ever in a play as that one, and it wasn't even supposed to be funny. And then you got spanked. (laughs) No, I didn't get spanked. (laughs) My mother was proud of me. Really? And my French teacher said the reason my dad is quiet is because having met my mother, he probably couldn't get a word in edgewise. Was your was your mom funny? Yeah, she could be. But my mom liked slapstick. She liked when people would fall and hurt themselves. No, (laughs) really? The fucking corporal punishment (laughs) likes it when other people hurt themselves. No shit. Did she laugh hysterically while she spanked you? Was that her idea of comedy? Maybe she wasn't trying to teach the other parents how to discipline. Maybe she was trying to put on a comedy show for them. She goes, watch this. Smack, smack. (laughs) My mom would have liked... uh, America's funniest home videos, you know, the ones where people are hurting themselves all the time. Fail videos? Well, America's funniest videos right, no, where of they're course. hurting themselves. But I'm saying, did your mom like Three Stooges? Was that after her time or before? She didn't like them. She thought they were ridiculous, but she thought it was. That they were. But they were hurting themselves was, and smacking each other around. Well, and for some that reason. That was slapstick to like the Well, finest. because it didn't make sense why they were doing it. But anyway, she used to, <laughs> she used to laugh because us kids were laughing. She used to listen to us laughing at it and laugh at us laughing. Well, that's something. Well, there's that question. That's that one. That one's out of the way. Well, I'm glad, but that's, that's the kind of thing for me too is like, I mean, uh, a lot of comedians, a lot of people say that the humor is a defense mechanism too, because if you, first off, if you make fun of something before someone else's, then they can't make fun of it. You know, it's not, it loses its power. Like if you're self-deprecating before someone else can be, then it's, it's, you know, it's a defense. They don't, they can't make fun of you. If you go, oh, I'm a big fat fuck. And someone's like, you're fat. And you're like, yeah, I just said that. Like they lose the power, but at the same time, it's not necessarily something that you want to bring to light and, and focus on, but it's, it's a defense mechanism. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's good for disarming people too, you know? It may be the life of the party or whatever, but it is, it is a mask too. I find a lot of people who are particularly outgoing and funny and stuff like that do tend to have a lot of, of pain and stuff on the inside. Not everyone, but a lot, right? A majority, so, I think. Well, stand-up comedians are the number one, the number one industry with the most suicides. Well, when Robin Williams died, people say, who would have thought it? And I said, well, most of the comedians I know yep. are depressive and get easily you know, down. Yeah. And the the comedy is making other people laugh so you can laugh. Right. Well it's it's like they know what it's what it feels like to be low, so you try to raise other people up. It's um Yeah, I mean it's it's a way to try to find some self worth if you And that's why people who get on the stage only feel good on the stage. Because yeah. that's why that's when they're making people laugh. Yeah. Well it's also yeah it's I mean it, it is it is a very good feeling. 
Um, I've got another email here from, uh, from Jimmy. Jimmy had, has written in, he goes, uh, Hey buddy, my boyfriend, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of your four pool boys. Yep. Um, Hey buddy. So I hear your mom is going to be on your show. Love her to pieces. Uh, always been a very large part of my life. She definitely was a large part of high school life too. Always letting us hang out at the Williams tower. Uh, but I, what, but what I want to know is why was I the only one who got singled out for when things were bad? The Christmas light bulbs off the balcony. When girls showed up to hang out, they got numbered. Thanks for that. Paula got me in some shit for that. Uh, why don't you tell them about the 88 Cavalier? It's what solidified your pro driving career. And I think he's talking about me on that one. Uh, love you, Paula. Thanks for all the years of being there for us and being a part in making us the men we are today. XOXO Jimmy. So Jimmy's question to you is how come, yeah, like you as we were growing up, yeah, every time we were growing up, it was always Jimmy was a pain in my ass and Jimmy would push my buttons, but Mika was such a sweetheart. Jim, so he's one Jimmy of Jimmy was cocky and he didn't put up with anything and I'd jab at him and he'd jab right back, right? Disrespectful. Whereas but, Mika, he was very respectful. And you know what? Mika would shovel my sidewalk for me at 9.30 at night. Would never get my kids to do that. Shovel the snow out of the, yeah. the driveway, yeah. He would do that so I wouldn't hurt myself going up the steps. I never forgot that. Never. No, I know. Jimmy has done nice things for you, yeah, too. Yeah, Jimmy's done nice things for me, too. But Jimmy was, you know, pays, you have to pay Jimmy for it. By was it because he reminded you of me? Is that why? Instead of being like quiet and no, and whatever, no, just just a cocky little bugger on his own. Yeah, <laughs> just a cocky little bugger. And then I just like I think with with his email too, he's saying that like whenever something would happen, instead of being like you and your friends, like blah blah blah, like it, you would just immediately assume Jimmy! it was Jimmy. It must have been Jimmy <laughs> who did it. Why? So that's what he's saying. Why did you Why did you think it was him? You just thought well, he, he was deliberately. He was the leader. <laughs> okay, so he was more of an alpha. Yeah, de definitely an alpha. Girls, boy. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. If you were to have sex with Cocky. Jimmy, what position? No, I'm kidding. Um, I got to tell you, though, out. Jimmy was a really good sport because when we used to live in the in the apartment building, mm -hmm. I'd be standing out in front of the uh, elevator with him, and somebody would get off, and I'd say, this is my boyfriend. And Jimmy would just go right with it. He'd go, yep, I like older women. <laughs> no, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Well, Never shrank from something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, Jim's got a very good sense of humor too. Like same with me. Like I, I've been very lucky that my friends have also had good sense of humor. Uh, well, I, they'd have a hard time putting up with you if they didn't. I, I guess so, eh? Um, I, this, this, uh, I guess this is the last question that I have for for uh, you listed that I got emailed in was, and it, and it speaks to something that Jimmy said too. It says, please remind your mom about the first time she met me, giving me a number instead of trying to remember him. Cause that was a joke you told. And that speaks a little bit to your sense of humor. Um, I'll, I'll tell the story in a second. Who's but asking she's, the question? It's Alex, Jimmy's Alex, wife. right, yeah. right. So Jimmy, she says, please remind her about the first time she met me, giving me a number instead of trying to remember my name because my hubby had a revolving door of girlfriends before me. Uh, and then she says, also, Ryan plays with my phone and accidentally FaceTimes her, and she calls us back to FaceTime and chat. Too cute. Does that happen? Um, I think it's happened a couple times. Not a lot, but a couple times. And she goes, she writes Alex, a.k.a. number 364. 
She must have remembered the exact number because that sounds about right. But that was the thing. Actually, Jimmy, she walked in the door, and when Jimmy went to introduce you to her, you just said, "Oh, I'm not going to bother remember your name." Oh, hi, number is number three hundred sixty-four. He's got so many girls, I can't remember them all. I remember <clears throat> him coming into the house and telling and begging me not to give her a number. <laughs> and I, I didn't pay too much attention to that, but obviously, this girl made a difference to Jimmy. Because he never said that about any of the others, but with when Alex came to meet us, she, he said, "Don't give her a number, okay? Please, don't give her a number." And then you did anyways. I don't recall giving her a number, but if she says I did, well, I won't say it. Because I remember you doing that, and I remember that being the first time you ever did it. I thought it was Mm-mm. funny. I he thought had it was a lot of girls over that I gave. Well, he had lots of girls over, but I didn't remember. I, I just remember Alex being the first. This is what I remember. I'm not saying it's the case. I remember you giving Alex a number because Jimmy. And it, when you did it, it made perfect sense. I got the joke and I thought it was funny. I just also have found it funny that over the years is that the first person you actually gave a number to because of that ends up the one he married. No, and he was. Kids with. She was the last. There was no numbers after her. Yeah, that's what I just said. That there was. Of no, course, there, there was, was no others. numbers. There was that no numbers. Power girl and everything, they all got numbers. Are you sure? Yep. Diana Power mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They all got numbers. All of them. And I don't know all the all the other names that I don't remember. They all got yeah, numbers. Yeah, which is just about any name you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> all the other girls he brought in, he wasn't that interested in and didn't care if they got a number. But with Alex, it was different. So there you go, Jimmy and Alex, if you guys are listening. Is that did you read the script that Jimmy told you to read about that one? Is that what? No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, okay, well, why don't we at the two hour and forty three minute mark, Mom? Because oh, you're losing steam. Geez. Hey, you know what? Some Exodus. people people will listen to this ten minutes at a time, or they'll they'll listen to the first fifteen minutes and delete it. Or I honestly, I think that of this episode, if anyone listens to all of it, they'll probably think that I'm a huge dick in this one, and that you're just this poor innocent thing who was there you go. reminded of her awful upbringing. The truth will out. Well, whatever. <laughs> hey, I like I said, I love you, and I I've been interested in learning some of this stuff, and some of these stories I've heard before, and I thought they were horrible, and we never really. You know, we never go, hey, let's sit down and talk for three hours because at no point would you be interested in actually just sitting and talking for so long. At some point, we'd start fighting because you'd get sick and tired of me telling you you got spanked recreationally. <laughs> I think it's safe to end on that. All I mean is I uh, I think, listen, we have lots of funny stories growing up and spending time. I've got lots of sweet stories of you encouraging me with comedy and stuff like that. And I, I would like to, to now that this part of the story exists content wise, this episode we'll, we'll have out. And you know what? This is going to come out on Friday. I have my episode, the regular episode of the week. This is a bonus episode. I have my episode tomorrow that comes out so I can talk about, I can sort of set some context of what this episode will be like in the episode tomorrow. I'll tell them it's a lot of chatting about you, but what that means is if you ever want to sit down with me again, we don't have to start from scratch. We get to talk about what it was like growing up. Oh, and there's no possibility like of sex stories after that. Oh, there's always, you know, if I'm just looking to make people lose their lunch. I think the sex story is funny. I think that there's so many people who have horrified stories about walking in like that. That's if you if you had to make a top three list of things that people talk about about being traumatic experiences, people walking in on their parents having sex would be one of them. That's that's almost a that's a cliche. Does, almost everybody does at some point walking on their parents. Or well, or you hear something Unless or whatever. Unless they're parents that lock their door every time they do it. 
Maybe, but I'm just saying that like in terms of a cliched, psychologically scarring moment, seeing your parents fuck is one of them. And I think that it speaks to our relationship a little bit that I'm able to talk openly with you about it in a mildly comedic way. The fact that you're embarrassed, you didn't have to see your parents fuck. Did you ever, did you ever walk in on your parents fuck? You walked in on them fucking? What happened? Well, they were in the bed. I didn't realize what they were doing. It was my mother and her big mouth that let me know what they were doing. (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, caught in the act. She said. (laughs) Gross. Did you spank her? No. (laughs) I think I was about 12. (laughs) You were 12 years old and she goes, oh, caught in the act. Were they under the covers? Yeah, they were under the covers. Okay. Well, you had that going for you. You guys were not under the covers. You guys were just two people. Uh, so you had that. Yeah. Are you embarrassed? You never get embarrassed. Are you embarrassed? Well, I just if you just keep going, it'll probably get there. Why? Talk to me. Is it weird? Do you miss it? Is that why? Are you worried about getting excited on the podcast? <laughs> Slipping off my chair. Are you sleeping? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's so gross. There you go. But there at least you go. at least that's you being funny and it's disgusting to me, but other people will probably find it disgusting <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> all I know well, is you mom pick and choose what you find disgusting. I look, it's because you're my mom. Like the idea like I said, I mean, I'm over it. I'm not ugh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm over it. I might throw up. Um My point is, mom, you do have a good sense of humor. You're our good sport with a lot of things. So if you ever want to do this with me again, we can talk about growing up and you standing up for me in school when I would get in shit for running my mouth and being funny and burn and the tapes, burn the <laughs> tapes. Are you talking about this episode? Yeah. That's not a tape. It's digital. Um, I'd burn it. Tell, uh, tell your government people to listen to it. It's a oh, great no. little tale about you. You wouldn't tell them when this post on Facebook and I tag you, you're not going to share it. Really? Why not? I didn't think it was all that interesting. Well, let them decide. I think you should scrap it and do another one. Well, that's the kind of encouragement that got me into stand up and not a fucking doctor's diploma. <laughs> I think yeah, you well, should you scrap were, everything and just do it. You were just determined to embarrass other people. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I, I asked you about your life. You told the stories. Yeah, with, you know, Amber Alerts and. That's the only else. thing that you got? That's why it's so freaking. My Amber heavy Alert story. Hold on. My Amber Alert story was about how annoyed I was that my fucking phone was going off. Your Amber Alert story was about a dude who was almost going to fuck a kid. Yours was more upsetting than mine. I was more upset in the story. I than was you telling you why the, the women in my family want you to be home by four 30. I, I look, Hey, look, those, the horrible things happen. And I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like the first thought was, Hey, I'm glad this shit exists. Second thought was, okay, I don't need to be inundated every 15 minutes with it because what it's going to do is it's going to have the reverse effect, right? At some point, people will just get used to ignoring these things and not even taking the time to read them. So if they're sparse enough that it happens once or twice in a day when the alert goes out, cool, look, you know, everyone got it. Now leave it alone or you're going to condition people to just completely ignore them and just get angry at them. So like I said, someday we can sit down maybe for the one year anniversary We'll sit down, or the two-year anniversary, we'll sit down and we'll we'll tell some fun stories. We can talk about all the nice, sweet things you did. You know, I remember them, and I, I don't want to start telling more stories. You're, you're holding your face up with your fist at this point. You're so tired. But you've been a good sport, as always. We got some questions out there, and I hope, uh, I, I look forward to the feedback. People might say that this is the worst episode ever. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, but you know what? I, I will tell you this. 
I, I enjoyed sitting here talking with you. And I hope that part of you enjoyed telling me some stories well, that's and some nice. things. Why that don't I didn't you know. just do that and not publish this? Are you, are you, do you not want this published? I just think we could have made it a lot smaller than what it is. A smaller episode and put the same stuff in and not so much digression. No, but that's, that's what talking is. Yeah. What do you mean not so much digression? I have had conversations with you where you've spent 15 minutes not telling me anything. You're going to tell me about this. Honestly, this conversation has been the most to the point you've been in the last 15 years. So <laughs> I appreciate it. That's why I, I, and then you know what? Like I said, you've also told me things that I, I never knew before. So, um, thank you for doing this. I love you very, very much. Did you have a good mother's day? Yep. Awesome. Day. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. We, I, I, I'll tell the listeners about that tomorrow when we sit down. Of course, by now they've all heard it. Um, Thanks for doing this, Mom. I love you, and we'll find it if we, uh, anyone wants to hear you back again. <laughs>